Happy Friday, everyone. It's Game Face episode 114 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield. And I'm Matt Kyle. And we are here today to preview 2018 for you guys. We're going to go through all the big third-party games that are coming to pretty much every platform. Uh, I spent the last five or ten minutes annotating all the platforms for each game that's coming out. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times we do this and I'm like, wait, is that coming out for Switch or whatever? Right. So we've got all the data ready for you guys. In fact, I think the TriCaster is loaded up with as many clips as we've ever had for a show on Game Face. And that's saying something because we have sometimes like over 100. So big show today. A couple other topics we're going to tackle before we get to that big uh, third-party preview. Uh, the one thing I do want to say is it is a new year and I want to apologize for last week's stream. Uh... We updated the firmware oh, on our TriCaster, yeah, we, <laughs> and uh, we could not get the stream to work. And we sat here for like an hour trying to figure it out. We couldn't figure it out, and so we just decided to pre-record the show. Obviously, that archive is up on Sifted right now, uh, but my apologies to those of you who showed up and tried to watch the show. Uh, we should be good. Everything's sorted now. Obviously, you're watching our stream live, so... But it did take you several days. It did, yeah. in fact. Yeah, it took Stratcaster me... Stratcaster stuff is arcane, yeah, people. Yeah, like, I don't know if you realize how ridiculous some... I mean, it's like... It, it it's it's like a comedy routine. It it's, is. It's like, yeah. It's like it's like the thing where like you know, the like, standard comedian talking is like, oh, error comes out, error four, five. Like, what does that mean? Well, I'm not going to tell you. Like that's that's totally what it's like trying to get the tricaster to well, work. Well, the problem sometimes. with the tricaster, for whatever reason, they don't have native settings for Twitch. Mm -hmm. Every other church streaming TV, they have all oh, yeah, that stupid you, crap. <laughs> we sh we should just do this this stream through one of those church websites because yeah. they're all built in already. Well, well then what I found yeah, that'd be freaking hilarious. <laughs> the one thing I did find out though is that if you pay for this like two thousand dollar upgrade module, then Twitch support is mm, native. Okay. So yeah, uh, but anyway, we got it all sorted out. Uh, we'll be streaming for the rest of the year. We should be all good with that. Uh, one other note before we move on, since it is a new month. Uh, if you guys would very kindly, if you are uh, Amazon Prime subscribers, if you wouldn't mind going up to the top right of the player and subscribing to us through Amazon Prime, you have to link your Amazon and Twitch accounts first. Uh, but then you click a little button up on the top right of the player on our channel, and it basically just gives us like $2.50. Uh, so it doesn't cost you anything, and it's actually turned out to be a pretty good revenue stream for us. So if you guys wouldn't mind doing... a lot of tacos. <laughs> it is. So uh, if you wouldn't mind doing that, that would be awesome. But uh, with all that out of the way, let's get on with the show. So, yesterday, Matt, out of nowhere, Nintendo has a Direct. Yep. A Nintendo Direct Mini is what Nintendo called it. Um, there was some, some hint that it was going to happen because, oddly enough, I think it was GameStop or some, some site tweeted out about the Direct like the day before mm -hmm. and then immediately took the tweet down. So people kind of had a heads up that it was coming. Um, just didn't know what time, really. Yeah, well, and then it ended up happening, like, really early. Nintendo doesn't really stream those things anyway. They're basically right. just uploading a video to YouTube or, and whatnot. So, out of nowhere, I wake up, and I'm like, holy cow, there's a Direct, and it was a mad scramble to get everything curated to the site and whatnot. Um, so let's start talking about some of the stuff that Nintendo showed off. I think the biggest thing for most people is going to be uh, Dark Souls 1 Remastered. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not just for Switch. It, that's for initially, pretty much everything. Yeah, initially everybody kind of thought that it was going to just be for Switch. That's not the case. Not everyone. I knew that was yeah. going to come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah. But that, Unless that, Nintendo was paying for it. I, would, I mean, it was like a Bethesda scenario. That which I wouldn't possible. have been surprised. That was possible. Yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if Nintendo did pay for it. Uh, but Remastered has like all the DLC and everything. It's yeah. kind of a but it's built, I mean, it's edition. built basically from the ground up. Like it's almost a remake. Yeah. Uh, in the sense that it's in the it's in the Dark Souls three engine, supports one through six multiplayer's online. There's a password co-op uh, feature which was not in the original. Um, it's a it's a legit 
you know, 4K, 4K, native 4K support on PC, up, you know, upscale 4K on Pro and Xbox One, 60 frames a second on everything except the Switch. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I'm guessing the Switch version is just the Xbox 360 version ported over. Uh, I think it'll probably have some of the upgraded textures. I mean, look, the original game is rough. Yeah, I've been like, playing it on streams. It's, uh, it's like totally I, rough. I, uh, but like you haven't gotten to some of the places where it gets rough. Like you I, mean like worse than the frame rates that I've seen? Yeah, so far? like I mean like I mean you were you got to like Blight Town a little bit I think, mm-hmm. and like where where the frame rate dips into the single digits in yeah. places. Um, so I would I would be surprised if the, even though it's running at thirty frames a second, the Switch I bet the Switch version will run better than the you know last gen versions. One can hope. Um, so, but it's I mean it's legit. Uh, a legit remaster remake thing happening here. It's it's more than I thought they'd do. I thought basically consoles would just get the PC version right. with, some, with some fixes and Durante's, you know, Durante's fixes like incorporated in the game and there you go. But no, they're doing a real thing. It's probably even going to be worth it for PC owners to, to double dip and it's, I think there's like a half price for PC owners who already have it uh, deal going on. I mean, one um, thing I will say about Switch is... I'm, I'm impressed. Like, I'm, it's better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a legit... Uh, treat, I think, for people it, who love a, that game. It's a cash grab that no one's going to complain about. Right. <laughs> well, because, you know, if the, the original Dark Souls is a very technical, technically... Challenged. Ch- yes, challenged <laughs> game on consoles, on uh-huh. PS3 and Xbox 360, and I think uh, it's a good deal. It's, a, it's, a, it's, you know, it's not full price. It's, uh, I think it's 40 bucks and uh, 39.99 and... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I don't. I mean, I, first ever portable Dark Souls. That's kind of a big deal. Sort of. I mean, I can't imagine a scenario where I want to play that portable. Like, it's, <laughs> like I want control and and reliability and pl- trying to move the controls around while I'm doing something. You know, while I'm holding the screen is not some. I am never going to do that. Put it <laughs> yeah. that way. Translation. Uh, I don't. I don't like the idea of having the entire system in my hand that I could throw against the wall instead of just right. a fifty dollars controller right. that if it breaks, I'm not that worried about. Because <laughs> this game will drive you to do those types of things, particularly if you haven't played it before yeah, or you're just not into it. I mean, look, like playing this game now, especially after having kind of you know figured things out in Dark Souls two and play like now, it's like playing playing the first like up to the four kings of Dark Souls one is almost like a relaxing Zen experience to me. <laughs> not like, me. It's uh, it's interesting. <laughs> Um, it's interesting how it changes so much. And Demon's Souls now is like a walk in the park. Like Demon's, Demon's Souls is like, oh, I can't believe I ever had trouble with this. This right. is hilariously easy. Um, so I'm kind of excited to go back and... I do Will you play on, it again? Yeah, I'll play it again. Yeah. yeah. I th- I'll probably get it on PC, I would think, because it'll be cheaper there because I already have the Prepare to Die edition. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'll do it. Okay. Um, it's uh, I don't know if I'll finish it, but I'll, I'll you know immediately, but I'll play it. I think there is some like. novelty though to playing this game portable on a portable though. I mean, presumably for somebody, it's like it's legitimately, objectively the inferior version of this yeah. game. Well, I, mean, I don't think there's any discussion the about rate. that. Like, oh, there. I mean, is. you're going to pretty much say that about any third-party game going forward on Switch. True. I mean, it's, I, mean I just there's only so much you can. I do. I am with. not an advocate of the portability as a bonus to me. I would rather just have a more powerful system that never leaves the TV. Oh, by the way, I did actually take the Switch out of its cradle. Uh, to update something because the Wi-Fi in the room I had it in was bad, so I took it over to uh, the main room so it could get full signal while it updated uh, something. And uh, there's two little dots in the corner of the screen where it has rested against the uh, yeah. the the. And I like, have the same problem. Permanent. They're like Me that's too. never going away. Not like, only that, I have uh, 
two very fine lines about an inch down on the screen from where mm -hmm. the top of the dock right. has... Where the, the heat of it just sort of burns it in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and it's not on the part where a picture is. It's like on the bezel. Yep. But... Um, Still there, Bullshit, though. and it drives me crazy. Like, well, no, it's it's like if you, I mean, I I still believe with no evidence other than you know what we see in front of us, this thing was never meant to be a console. It, it was it was, a, it was supposed to have been a handheld like replacement for the 3DS, and the Wii U shit the bed, so they decided to it dock up. this you know slap this dock thing on it, and like that dock is the, probably the worst design thing Nintendo's it ever made. It is really poorly designed. It is yeah. totally out of character for it. And them. it's so expensive because it's such a piece of junk, yeah. and it costs like a lot if you need to replace. But it's like it. you look like my system is permanently damaged now from it, from just well, being used the way it's supposed to be used. No, you're right. I sent mine into Nintendo. Nintendo has it mm -hmm. right now, so I'm hoping that they just send me a brand new one, and then the scratches will be gone. Uh, yeah. we'll I might see. I might bug them about it at some point, like. I don't know. I, I just find that unacceptable. And they and, and if anyone else did that, they'd be getting roasted right now. But it's Nintendo, so yeah. I mean, I'm surprised there's no Amiibos. Uh, I'm surprised there isn't like an Amiibo set for Dark Souls coming out. That, I like, wouldn't be surprised if it happened. That adds like you know that's where they they keep like the DLC. Like if you want the DLC, you got to buy the, the. I wouldn't be surprised. And, one and bit. if EA did that, they'd get destroyed. <laughs> but if Nintendo does it, oh, it's such a cute little baby. baby. Oh, I can so, buy yeah. a Dark Souls Amiibo. Dark Souls Amiibo. Oh boy! It does like, sound yeah. kind of awesome, though. I get them. I'm not lying to you, but I'm just saying there's a double standard between yeah, what yeah. Nintendo does and what they do. And I mean, especially with all the screaming about you know high res and 4K and 60 frames, 60 frames, 60 frames, 60 frames. Oh, you mean I can play it on the bus? 30 frames is great. It's like, yeah, come on, people. <laughs> Double like standard. consistency is all I ask. <laughs> You're never gonna get it. Yeah, I know. Not in this industry. The only thing you can sell yourself with is at least it has to run even at 30 frames a second in portable mode. It has to run better than the PS3 version. Yeah, right. Like, you would hope. Like you we'll got it. Maybe Blight Town only <laughs> drops to 15 or something. Yeah, you know, like. All right, before we move on to talk about uh, the first-party stuff that Nintendo showed, I want to provide an editorial note for you going forward about Game Face. So last week's episode, we didn't stream it. We talked about that already, but we did record it and then went through the whole process we go through with the show of rendering, cleaning up the show and then rendering it and then compressing it and uploading it to YouTube and doing all the promotion and all that kind of stuff. And then Nintendo blocked the show. Usually when we have Nintendo stuff in our show, they'll just copyright flag it which means that we can't monetize it or sometimes nintendo actually monetizes our show and makes money off a of game face this time nintendo flat out blocked the show for a tra for 35 seconds of pokemon sun and moon footage from a trailer because they know i'm a hater yeah and so <laughs> we couldn't even put the show on youtube at all it was blocked nobody could watch it in all countries um and so we've made a decision as of today, that we will no longer ever show Nintendo trailers in Game Face. So we're going to talk about a couple games coming up here that Nintendo unveiled in the, the Direct Mini. We're not going to show you footage of them, and that's going to be our policy going forward. It's just not worth it. That whole process mm -hmm. that I mentioned literally takes like seven or eight hours, maybe more, depending on how long the show was. So it's just not worth it. We're going to not run a Nintendo B-roll. We're going to try to get away with gameplay here and there, but... I put up the episode of Beat Shane where I played one of our patrons at Mario Kart 8. Nintendo flags it. But at least it let it run still. Yep, Nintendo con con consistently 10 years behind the curve. It's ridiculous. So anyway, let's get on and we're... I look. think most people probably just listen to us anyway. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We've never really done a poll to see how many people watch versus listen. 
Uh, I can't imagine people stare at us for three hours. <laughs> I mean, they got to have other things well, to do. Well, that's the point of the B-roll and the play right. views and games. Right, play. but I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't remember the last time I actually just stared at a video podcast for that long. I mean, I yeah. listen to a lot of long video stuff, but I always go do something else while I'm listening. Or you'll hear something that perks you up, and you'll go and watch it for a little bit. Yeah. I do that I mean, sometimes. People, are, people have to, I mean, we're, we're, in, we're minimized in the background, and we're probably being run at 1.5 speed, so we sound like chipmunks. Like, <laughs> people got stuff to do. People do man. that. Yeah, totally. Uh, so let's so talk. Appreciate the live viewers, yeah, because they can't fast forward. Absolutely, they, you have to watch our trapped. ugly mugs. <laughs> uh, let's talk first about Mario Tennis Aces. Mm. So um, it's for Switch. It's a Mario Tennis game. The last Mario Tennis game for Wii U bombed hard, and it was mm-hmm. terrible. I think its Metacritic ended up being somewhere around like a four or a yeah, five. Did not. In fact, was that was, Mario Tennis World Tour? I think it was. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah, because yeah, it was fu- actually funny. Like. Because one of the people I was talking to about the Direct was saying, like, I can't wait for Mario Tennis. I mean, it's been forever since we had a Mario Tennis. I'm like, it's been like two years. You just didn't own a Wii U. He's, yeah. like, he's like, oh, no, he did. But he's like, oh. he was like, oh, wow, I must have blocked that out. And I was like, yeah, apparently. So. A I mean, lot of people there's did. There's a lot of Mario Tennis games. I think there's more uh. Mario Tennis games than any other Mario sport except for golf. Yeah. Because um, the Mario Tennis games are good. They are good. And this one, Usually. this one looks like it's going back to the old style. It's a little more serious. Yeah. Uh, there's like a story mode in the game that has some... Did you watch the trailer for it? Yeah. I wish I, we could show it to you right now. Yeah, I, it's... Sure. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, boss Look, battles and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, there. it looks like another one of those kind of, like, we need something in the schedule kind of games. But, like, I like... That they can create very quickly. Right. And But I like t- tennis. I like Mario Tennis. Or at least I didn't play the Wii U one, but the last one I played was the GameCube one, I think. But I, I like the GameCube one. I like the N64 one. I will probably give this one a shot. Should I, I also love rise. tennis games. Uh, in fact, there was a tennis game that, e, that EA put out on the Wii that actually used the Motion Plus that I played long after no one even cared about the Wii anymore. And there was this small community of people who stayed on there and would play online. And the motion controls in that game were freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Grand Slam Tennis, maybe, I that think was the name right. of it. I like a lot. I, mean, I love Virtue Tennis. I love Topspin. I love uh, the, that's those Sega All-Star Tennis games. I mean, I, I like tennis games. Like, Well, isn't it funny how, like, the first video game ever, Pong? Well, the first coin-op. Right. Yeah. Is still kind of relevant decades yeah. and decades later. Well, it's, it's a game of angles. Yeah. It's a game of angles and math, and, and we, we nerds like that we stuff. We sure do. But uh, I, I'm, I was really good at Virtua Ten. I, I was. A, I remember uh, one of the one of the interns I think up in San Francisco would play me with it, play me on it, and like at one point, like I won so many matches in a row, he just threw the controller down. <laughs> like, I am. An, I'm very annoying in tennis games. Yeah. So I'm actually pretty excited about this game. You're right. It is a little bit of a gap filler, but I'm. But it's a, it's a gap filler I can get behind. Yep. Uh, next beats another damn Yoshi game. Yeah. <laughs> Next, no surprise, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is yeah, coming to the who Switch. who could have guessed? We did. We um, did, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people did. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Great I mean, game. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't like I don't like the Donkey Kong Country games very much, uh, but this game is this gorgeous. This one was pretty good, though. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. I'll never know. You but, haven't but, played it? Nope. I got it for a couple people for Christmas, it's but, pro- I, ne- I, mean, but I, I never played it. I would say it's probably my second favorite Donkey Kong Country game. I watched I watched them play it. I mean, I think it's gorgeous. I think it's yeah, visually it's, really it's beautiful. just beautiful. Um, and it's, you know, it's I, like I'm in favor of Wii U ports to the Switch just because so many people never played them. Yeah. You know, like... There might as well be new games to anyone outside of the core Nintendo fan demographic. So, like, why not? Like, I think almost anything of merit on the Wii U should get re-released. For sure. On the Switch. Here, here's my fear, Matt, that re- this is what Retro's been working on. 
It can't be. Like, there's got to be other stuff in there somewhere. I'm petrified that that's what's going on. <laughs> that this is what Retro's been doing all this time, and that's why we haven't heard anything well, look, from... Look, man, I'm getting uncomfortably convinced that, the, their, that Nintendo's big holiday game for the Switch is a Smash 4 port. I mean, I thought that they were going to show a Smash 4 port so yesterday. I. That's what I was expecting. Yeah. At least like a mention. At least, yeah. At least like a, a logo, like a Metroid Prime Four style logo reveal. Because didn't he I also s- kind of half expected some Metroid Prime Four something? Yeah. Something something. Didn't he say that he was getting tired of making Smash? Yeah, but like he said that before suck the last it up, one, son. And like, he still made it. Yeah, but it's also like, dude, it's like one of the. What else are you big, gonna do? Like, what else are you doing, man? <laughs> Seriously. Like you got to give the people what they want. And the people want Smash. I, I could understand why he's getting sick of working on oh, it. Oh, absolutely. But, but, like... Nintendo will just throw a bunch of money at him and be like, deal with it. Yeah, but it's like, it's like you know, it's a, it's a surefire. It, uh, it it keeps up developer relations with other third parties yeah. for them. Like, it's, it's a celebration of why people love Nintendo. It gets them out there into the tournament scene in a way that Puckin certainly isn't. Yeah. And, like, there's no downside to making another Smash or doing a, a port of Smash to... To expose it to a larger audience on the Switch. There's no reason not to do that game. Oh, we should have mentioned that uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze does have Funky Kong in it now. Yes. He's like easy mode or something. <laughs> He's like... That game is hard. Yeah, it is. It's a challenging game. So I guess it's like Funky Kong is sort of like how like Luigi or somebody would take over in Mario, New Super Mario Brothers. Or yeah. Something. Hmm. Sure. I don't <laughs> care. I mean... I'm I'm not one of those people that would freak out if there was an easy mode in Dark Souls. Yeah. You know, like I just wouldn't use it. Yeah, I don't care. Just let people play how they want to play. Yeah. Um, next up, The World Ends With You. Yeah. Definitely a, the biggest shocker of the whole thing. That's a good one to drag out of the locker. That's a good... I, I'm, I'm in, I, I like that game. I thought yeah, that yeah. was good, really good. And, well, it was kind of one of those, like, cult hit games yeah. from whenever. And, like, it's, and it's just intensely weird, and there's nothing else like it. Um, I am interested, I mean, I guess I haven't played it on, like, you know, I know it came out on cell phones and stuff, uh, but, like, the original game kind of had, had, had uh, it used the dual screen thing really interesting, where, like, you had to do stuff on the touch screen while things were happening above yeah. it. I guess they just sort of combine everything now. Um, but it's an interesting uh, game with, a, with a, a sensibility to it that's sort of like this weird mix of Kingdom Hearts and Jet Set Radio, and... Uh, it's really cool. Like it's it's a if if you need to do ports like of stuff to fill your release schedule, like this is a good call. Like, well, you, I mean, I also appreciate that you know they've updated they'd already updated the art for the mobile yeah. version, so it, it doesn't look like the original. No, it's it looks gonna, much it's better. It's gonna look good. It's uh, it's like nothing else on the system or most systems. If we're being honest, it kind of scratches that persona itch a little bit like with, with a little bit of music and rhythm thrown in yeah, there yeah like i you know if there's you, really never been a game like it before or yeah, since you can't complain that that you know you're not getting your daily dose of weird japanese crap on the <laughs> on the switch after this like <laughs> this true. is yeah between this and bayonetta like you your quirky is is covered well you know already the switch has outsold the wii u in japan it yeah. took 10 months for it to Zelda the wii u in well japan. mario a good mario and zelda will do that for it you it will absolutely but, uh, yeah, it's doing very well over there. It's doing well everywhere. Uh, and then that's kind of it for the big stuff. Like, there mm-hmm. is, like, some Lu- uh, Luigi DLC coming for Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Which is... I, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, did you read about it? Did you... It's, like, some balloon thing or yeah. something. I don't know. Like, I don't care. It's, 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 it's Luigi. I figured he was coming. Well, of so. course, yeah. But I thought they could incorporate him in a better way. But, yeah, whatever. Well, that's Luigi. It's free. That's Luigi for you. It is free DLC. Um, and that's pretty much it for the Direct Mini. There mm. wasn't a whole lot of other information in there. 
Uh, there was another big story, at least in my opinion, from Nintendo this week, and that is that Nintendo has retrademarked 1080 snowboarding. Right. I texted you about that in the middle of the night when I yes. saw that. Yeah. And then I, I woke I up and I was know. like, woohoo! <laughs> I am really, really excited about this. Uh, I was maybe the world's biggest 1080 player yeah, ever. We, I played a lot of 1080 on the, on the N64 with uh, my friends at the time. They, they were big into it. It was, it was like San Francisco Rush. It was one of those games we just played over and over and over and over and over and over and over just to see how what we could do and how we could do things. Shave, like, and a, lot of, a lot of people don't realize is the original 1080, for the most part, was really a racing game. Yeah. It wasn't real trick. There was like a half pipe where you could... Yeah, it wasn't like an SSX thing. Uh-uh. In fact, SSX was interesting in the sense that it wasn't this. Right. Um, because 1080 had kind of mastered this, so like SSX going in this different direction with it was sort of the only thing anyone could do because you weren't going to beat 1080. Yeah, and 1080 was about a lot about physics. It mm -hmm. felt very real back then. Yeah. I was snowboarding a lot, and uh, I had never felt a more accurate representation of yeah. the sport well, in a game. The shifting of the weight in this game is really I don't know if it's realistic but it's believable which is more important than being realistic well, also making sure that your board is always oriented with the ground mm -hmm. has a, a lot to do with how much speed you have and whether you bail when you land on jumps or when you land yeah. tricks um, and it's got uh, you got you leave the little carve trail and which was unusual then oh yeah I mean like... well it was funny there was like cool borders which right. my friends who predominantly played PlayStation or didn't have an N64 uh, I go to their house, and they're like, you want to play Cool Borders? And I play Cool Borders for like five minutes, and I'm like, dude, this is trash compared yeah. to 80. It's like, more like poor man's borders. Yeah. <laughs> 80. And then on the GameCube, there was 1080 Avalanche, with, where the big hook was literally that there were avalanches. Yeah, yeah. which was just like, mm, a, little, a little too SSX-y. I, I still enjoyed it, but it was I mean, for me, the, the perfect balance is SSX3, which kind of had the, the you versus the mountain thing that yeah. this had but with sort of a more, like, trick-based sort of, you know, extreme style. But this game is, oh, and getting on the ice, like the ice the felt, reflections. Totally, felt totally different when you're We also the, see the reflections in yeah. the ground. Like, that, that kind of stuff just wasn't happening in no, I'm real happy to, if, if this is real and this really happened, I'm really happy to see 1080 come back. Cause I can't understand why they wouldn't, would have re-trademarked it if either, I mean, I'm starting to think, I'm like, well, there's really no virtual console on Switch yet. Well, one day, maybe. But, like, I would rather see a new game. Uh, absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, uh, sure, put this out on Virtual Console, whatever you want. You know, I think it already is out on was on Wii. I think. It was, yeah. And I think even maybe Wii U. It came Most out stuff for like transferred over to Wii U eventually. But what about 1080 Avalanche? Maybe that's they're doing a remaster yeah, of that or something. Who knows? But uh, one way or the other, I request that they rock their body, rock, rock their body. Yeah, that's. <laughs> and give me back Ricky Winterborn. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, so this wasn't even related to the Nintendo Direct, but to me this was probably the bigger and biggest news. No, I think news. This, is, this is definitely good news. Um, and now we're just waiting for Wave Race, right? Yeah, it's time for Wave Race, and um, is there another, and uh, how about a frickin' F-Zero? Like, been, how long has it been? It was, it's been the GameCube. GameCube yeah. was the last F-Zero. Here, here's my fear with F-Zero, though, is that there's been all these hover racing games released for Nintendo platforms over the last couple years. And Nintendo's looked at the sales of those games. Yeah, Wipeout has not done well. I mean, there's also, like, Fast Racing RMX. Is that, and, and, and what was it, Red uh, Red Zone or something like that? And like, none of them have done very well. Yeah, so I, but, I, I hope Nintendo ignores that. I, look, I'm an F-Zero well, fan as well. Right. But it's like, F-Zero is different because it's F-Zero, and also because it's on the Switch, and the Switch needs games. Yeah. So, like... 
you know, and also like I think you can you can make a case for F Zero in the sense that like you know like yeah the Wipeout Omega Collection didn't sell too well, but I didn't. I'm a giant Wipeout fan. I love Wipeout. Wipeout XL has one of the best licensed soundtracks in the history of the medium, and. I didn't even know that game came out. Yeah. Like, it just came, came... It was, like, all of a sudden, it was on sale this, this like, past Christmas, I think. I was looking through the PSN sale, and it was on sale for, like, 15 bucks. And I'm like, that came out? Like, yeah. I don't own that? Like, what yeah. happened? Like, how did that happen? And so, I, I picked it up, but it's, it's great. But it's, like, apparently nobody cares, including Sony. Yeah. Like, Sony well, never told me that was out. Well, F-Zero-GX is, I mean, it's not really fair to compare that to a lot of these other kind of indie hover racers, because... It's a far more robust game. It has a story mode, which is freaking impossible. Literally one of the hardest racing games I've ever played in my life. Isn't Nintendo going to flag the 1080 footage? I doubt it. It's too old. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll see. I hope not. But, <sighs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm speaking out of turn by saying the, the lack of success of other hover racers will have an impact on whether F-Zero comes. But I feel like Nintendo doesn't really look at what other people are doing <laughs> when they make their accurate. decisions. For so, better or worse. For better or worse, yeah. So if they if they get in their head to make an F zero they will but like and of course there's the other giant question mark that's been hanging around for a couple of years now is where the hell is Pikmin four Yeah um, Yeah I'm, where is that game mm-hmm. I mean Miyamoto said it was done like a year and a half ago Not as done as we think maybe Q maybe there's a Q four game as well They got it guys have something Yeah I mean I feel if that Pokemon game isn't ready they got to have something Yeah it probably will be Smash even if Smash is done already they'll hold it till Smash Q4. and Pikmin that's a from Mario Odyssey to Smash and Smash Brothers and Pikmin. Yep. Hmm. Little bit of a drop, but anything's going to be a drop from Zelda and Mario. That's yeah, just, I'm except just... for maybe Metroid, which that, we funny. love, but a lot of people don't buy it. So. Yeah, Metroid is not on them. To, to me, it is because that's probably my favorite Nintendo series. Period. But right. it's not market. It's not on parity with as far as sales are concerned. No, so. nothing is. Yeah, nothing's on par with Mario and Zelda. I just hope they. You know, for once, I do hope they kind of take the take the easy route and do the Majora's Mask thing and just like pump out a, a sequel to Breath of the Wild like next year. It would be smart, yeah. but I have a feeling they would probably just keep doing DLC for it instead. Seems to be Nintendo's MO anyway. Well, they said they're done with DLC for that. Oh, they are. Yeah, like so that, that plan the, that they announced that was it. Yeah, the Champions Ballad thing that they said. I think the same. I think at the Game Awards they said that's it, okay. or, or after it was like interview was after it or something. They said that's the end of it. I know so, they did no, say they're already not. working on the new one, which no yeah. big no big surprise there. No, so. but like I think if you can get another one out like in a in a in the you know in the span of time most developers get something like I guess sequel out. Like I think you will keep the momentum going in a really, really strong way. And like you don't even need to make two years because two years would be March. I think you can make holiday 2019, and everybody be super happy. So yep. I'm hoping for that. All right. So that's it for Nintendo's Direct Mini. Uh, we're going to talk next about some rumors that have been swirling around the industry. Uh, we've been pretty hard on Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel guilty about it. I think we're just being honest no. with, with Microsoft's, where Microsoft is right now. I have noticed a couple people on the site who are probably Microsoft fans have started to get a little testy about it. Yeah, well, I bought an Xbox One X this week, so bite me. <laughs> I still um, don't own one. Because I got a 4K TV. Right. So I'm like, well, got it. Might as well use it. So I got it. And I haven't really played it much because it's in the, it's in another room and I don't have we don't have couches there yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know I, I loaded up Forza and Gears of War and everything on it. It looks freaking gorgeous. Uh, very nice. You mm. know, 4K 4K movie player. I mean, that's mainly what I need. I don't. Yeah. I, I did literally didn't have a 4K disc player, so right. that's what I wanted it for. Most people like, don't. 
And I was like, well, I could either spend like the 200 bucks or whatever on the S, or I guess there's just, just the Xbox One now, or I could spend a little extra and get something that plays games at that level too, and I decided to splurge because, hey, it's Christmas. So, um, yeah, looks great. My I birthday's mean, coming up in like three weeks, and uh, it's number one on my list. It was number one on my list over the holidays too, but mm-hmm. I just, nobody bought me a gift that was that expensive. And I'm so. still like amazed at... Um, you know, even though I saw, I've you know, obviously I've seen it several times, but I'm still amazed at how small that thing is. Yeah, it's really mind blowing. Without an external power supply, I know, it's like, it's, crazy. like they, that is a that is a piece of hardware right there. I mean, I'm one a, thing I'll say I'm is, impressed. That, you know, I still have the base systems for both Xbox One and PS4. I'm going to buy an Xbox One X before I buy a PS4 Pro, mm-hmm. even though I play my PS4 way more. So, I'm trying to say some positive stuff about Microsoft sifters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, rumors are starting to float around about. First-party software for Xbox One. It's been a weakness of the platform for a good, what, like, since launch, really? Yeah. I mean, it came out of the gate okay, and since then it's kind of limped along as far as uh, first-party output is concerned. Yeah. Uh, and some of the I mean, I think they were counting way more than they should have been on uh, non-gaming content carrying yeah. the system. Well, that was the plan, right? Right. <laughs> From the beginning. Yeah. Well, you saw, I guess you saw that uh, the Halo TV show is still going to happen. Which sure. was announced at E3 when they announced that whole TV, TV, TV. Right. Oh, that the Spielberg years thing. Ago. Yeah. It's wow. still coming, apparently. Five years later. I know. It's crazy. Half a decade of development time. Okay. <laughs> better be good. Uh, so that kind of leaked out, but there's also some games that have come out. So uh, one of the rumors is that a new Perfect Dark is on the way. Yeah, I'll move the needle. Well, it won't, though. <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah. Like, I mean... It didn't help 360, really. You know, well, that's because Perfect Dark Zero was a bad game. Yeah. I just, I don't see this really differentiating itself. Like, this it's, isn't... I, is this really a beloved franchise? No. Perfect Dark? I mean, it's like I recognize the name, but it doesn't make me go, ooh, I want to play. Perfect Dark was like when I couldn't make GoldenEye 2. Right. Because <laughs> of the license or whatever. Um, I, so look, they, I liked Perfect Dark on the N64. In fact, I would original, say I even, yeah. I even loved it, you know? But Zero... I think that, to me, I like was... The, I like the original Perfect Dark a lot more when I played it on Rare Replay. Yeah, of course. Because it didn't run it, at 10 frames ten, a second. Literally, like, what? Well, you had the N64 expansion pack, Matt. It yeah. would run at 12 frames a second. Oh, I did. It's still not acceptable. <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. Uh, but Perfect Dark Zero, to me, was the first sign that Rare had lost a lot of employees. Mm, when I played... I mean, I was have. excited... To all get out to play Perfect Dark Zero, man. I was like, oh my gosh. And I started playing and I was like, wait a minute. This this is a rare game? Well, I still have... So we um, we did that launch thing at the at that hangar up in the freaking yeah. desert. You know, remember that? So Xbox Zero Hour was Zero called. Hour, that's I right. I still have like a pullover I have, I have sweatshirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, so we were... It was like... 36 hours where everybody, all these people, you know, fans went and, like, basically you played games. In the middle of nowhere. Middle of a, a hangar in the middle of nowhere up in Palmdale. Why is that thing there? Because that's, that's, that's <laughs> all there is. What that thing? That, what, the, the hangar? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's all Air Force stuff. That's a whole, oh, really? All those towns grew up around there because it was an Air Force oh. base. So that's just, like, leftover, like, plane storage, basically. Um, I mean, that whole thing is just a flat pan. Like, the, you know, you can, you can take an airplane off from anywhere in the Lancaster, Palmdale area. Dude, do you remember so we, when, so they, when the trucks rolled in with all the systems in it when it hit midnight? Yeah. And they opened up the back gate of the truck? And they all fell, and they all fell into the ground! And everyone's like, I don't want those. I don't want that one. I want that, yeah. 
And uh, but people I people had waited for like four. I think it was like forty-eight hours. Or oh, yeah, crazy. Yeah. And they were all like, people were all sleeping on the floor, on the ground. Well, and they like, had given out. In fact, you know what? Those bean bags over there are from that. Oh yeah, that's those right. White yeah, bean those, bags. those white bean bags. Sam, that's actually, right. would you grab that bean bag and just toss it underneath? That's that's true. I never I would never thought thought of that. Yeah. So basically, what Microsoft did is it had this huge hanger that was like, you just throw it underneath there. I have two yeah. of these bean bags. In fact, I'm just gonna put my feet on it for the rest of the episode. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was. It That's was where ridiculous. these came from. Yeah. These bean bags, and people like were so tired and exhausted waiting to get their Xbox 360 that they were just piling up these bean bags and just like laying yeah. on them. Like they like were creating <laughs> mattresses on the ground in the ba- in the hangar. And then and after I- all that, the trucks roll in. And they open the back gate, and just hundreds yeah. of systems just fall right onto the concrete. Oh, and you was... just look around and see people going like, "Ah, yeah. I waited all this time. I'm not buying one of those." Yeah. So I got we, <laughs> so we actually did get to go up early, like before everything else, because we, yeah. we were covering. We were shooting it. a lot. We shooting live. Was that the first like live thing that we did like that? Was that uh, before we did? No, E3 it was live? after. E3. It was after E3. So E3, that's we why, that's why that we got to do it. E3, it was because of E3 right. Live that year, and yeah. so we were because because it was right. It was the week before th- weekend before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because I remember driving. I drove up there with Sessler, and like, or he came up and and we did all our stuff. And at the end of the night, like he got we he and I drove back that night. So we did the midnight launch, shot everything, got our systems, did all the interviews, shut everything down, and drove back to LA at like two in the morning. Yeah. And um. I remember I bought the system and I bought Cameo and Gun because why not? Because it was a la- it was launch <laughs> and Gun and Condemned and Perfect Dark Zero. Yeah. And I didn't play Condemned Perfect Condemned probably ended Con- up being Condemned's like... probably the best game of those four. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I uh, I remember I played Condemned, I played uh, Cameo and I didn't get to Perfect Dark and then after we came back from Thanksgiving I played Perfect Dark at the office at the office copy. And I was like, oh. So I never opened. To this day, my copy of Perfect Dark Zero from that night is still, still sealed, sealed <laughs> on the shelf. Because uh, now, now it's like I look at it and I'm like, well, I can't open it now. I mean, now yeah. it's a relic. Now well, it's even a... Cameo, had, it ended up getting neutered by the time it came out. Yeah. For, it was a GameCube game right. that was really freaking cool when they showed it on GameCube. And then when they ended up releasing it, it was like a shell of what it was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, Cameo was like, Cameo was almost like Eternal Darkness in terms of how long it, how many E3s it showed up at yeah. and just became, it jumped systems, it it's changed like a format. It became, you know, yeah. And I mean, I we must have played, what, three or four different versions of the Cameo yeah. over the years yeah. before it actually came out. And then it came out, we're like, what the hell is well, this? Well, they showed it on the GameCube two, yeah. two E3s. And yeah. then Rare is bought by Microsoft, and then another year and a half or two years later, finally mm-hmm. Cameo comes I out. I remember p- playing it right, it was the kiosk right next to Star Fox Adventures. Yeah. Which was also on the N64, or Dinosaur Planet at that yeah. point. It was, yeah, yeah, and then it was moved over to GameCube. So, I'd say our hype level for a new Perfect Dark game, not that good. Not tops. No. Um, I mean, I will say that Sea of Thieves has, even though it's not out yet, there is a beta, a closed beta starting next week that I think I'm going to get into. I thought you just have to pre-order it, I think. You do, but... I'm not going to pre-order if they're just going to send me a code for review. Uh, but I did reach out to Microsoft PR, and it looks like I'm going to get in on the beta, so I'm going to have a clearer picture of it. But what I've seen and played at Sea of Thieves so far has restored a little bit of my faith in Rare. Um, one, it's unique, and one, it uh, it seems to be better constructed than some of Rare's more recent games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts was, like, sacrilege to me. Like, it seems I, to I at least know game. what it is. Right. Which is a step up from yeah. recent Rare. So that gives me a little more hope about Perfect Dark, but still, after Zero, man, it's hard to have much faith in that franchise, but... Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, that might be one of the franchises that was just better left off 
dead. But at least it fills a hole in the schedule. Yep. And isn't Gears of War. I mean, exactly. I mean, it, you'll take... And if you're an Xbox owner and only an Xbox owner at this point, you are all over the new Perfect Dark if, it's, yeah. if it's, the rumor is true. Uh, a new Fable is the other rumor mm -hmm. that's been going around the last couple of weeks. Um, By the Forza Horizon guys, I think. Is the, yeah. The, the Playground Games keeps getting brought up. Because, Which is really weird. Well, because they were hiring for like an RPG, action RPG or something, so people are assuming that it's Fable. Yeah. Which, I mean, I've seen crazier ideas. Well, I mean, uh, look at Gorilla. After yeah. making Kill Zone, and it makes Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. That was something that uh, Colin Moriarty and I talked about for like 20 minutes. Right. was like how our minds were blown that that studio could make that game. So... You know, I won't immediately just write it off because all you've all you've right. made is racing games. Especially because you... the word horizon is involved in both both <laughs> equations. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Touche. But uh, so yeah, I will say, you know, my opinion has kind of changed. It used to be where, okay, this studio makes this game. And if you tell me that they're gonna make a game in another genre, my hopes for that game are very dim. But after what Gorilla did, I mean, I it know. seems like anything's I mean, possible at this point. What about, what about Rare? They made action games and shooters. And Rare's racing. always been that way, though. And it's never Diddy, been just Diddy a Kong one. racing. And, yeah, it's yeah. never been a one-genre studio, mm -hmm. though. But, like, the guys who make Forza and, like, Turn 10, like, those guys just make driving games. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if that is actually the case. There's not play. I mean, Forza Horizon 3, like, you're already kind of halfway to an RPG in that game. You just need to take out the driving model and add swords. Or, or keep the driving in it. Or give swords to the cars. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're one pointy object away from a jousting sim. Yeah. And, I mean, if, if you really get down to it. Um, I mean, I, I, look, I, with all its flaws and foibles and, and warts, I love fable i like, so do I. I, like all, I, I love that franchise i like all three fables yeah um, me too for, for what they are yeah uh, it, you know disappointment and everything um i played all of them multiple times and uh, i miss it i do miss the fable games i mean look i was all over fable legends man like yeah, i was fable hyped was cool. for that game like i still can't believe that they canceled it turned it into a free-to-play game and then just canceled it yeah i didn't i mean i played it a couple times i played it at e3 i think the last time it was shown and I did tell them that like when I, they're like, "Oh, what do you think?" And I'm like, "It doesn't feel right. Like it didn't feel right to me because Fable's got a, Fable's got a feel. Fable's got a chunkiness to it. Sure, sure, um, yeah. That that I really like and fe it feels good to play uh, when it's at its best. It's not always at its best. No. But when it is, it, it feels really good. And Fable Legends never quite captured that for me. But I think it could have gotten there with more tweaking. Well, it was like but, an asymmetrical style yeah. game. Well, yeah, Which maybe wasn't the best idea, but... No, but it was like, I mean, I played a lot of board games that work that way, and they're a lot of fun. Like, the uh, yeah, where one player is basically the dungeon, the dungeon master. master yeah. Like, kind of, like, trying to screw over the, the other players. And, like, the idea of kind of this asymmetrical thing where one player is, is kind of has more power than the others, but the others have more agency is an interesting way to do things. Uh, way more than, like, something like, I would say, like, Evolve, where, like, just one one player has a really powerful character, and you're both sort of doing this sort of action-y thing. Whereas, like, Fable Legends was, like, you were putting traps down, you were spawning enemies, and, like, you weren't in control, necessarily, of what the enemies were doing. It wasn't, like, a PvP thing, but, like, you were the one kind of creating this challenge for the players to overcome, and that's a cool idea. Um, Microsoft I do wonder put if, so much time and money into that I game. I do wonder if they would maybe cannibalize some of that for a new Fable. It's possible. Um, 
Here's like, the thing, though. Like, the mingle player elements of Forza Horizon might be part of why they would pick playground games to do something like Fable if they want to really try to push it into kind of that asymmetrical mingle player idea. Because Fable's always had that sort of thing where you could see the other players as, like, little orbs with the... You know, remember yeah. that? Like, yeah. it was, like, fake-ass co-op right. kind of yeah. thing where like, you see other players moving through your world. Yeah. And, like, I always liked that element, and I don't think... I never... I felt like they never really exploited that or dealt did that correctly and like and when they did let you kind of join up with people it took forever and the matching matchmaking was awful and like and like everyone was jerking around because the connection sucked and like like there was something there and like fable never really got there with it and i would be interested to see like playground games if they're the indeed the developers on this if they could like kind of because they have a pretty smooth experience in that regard with uh, Forza Horizon. Like, people go in and out of your game, you see, like, ghosts of people and players, and, like, like they do a really good way... They, they convince you very nicely that there's other people in your game, even if there aren't, Yeah. sometimes. And, like, I like to see them try to kind of apply those lessons to something like Fable, because I feel like that's the one place that Fable really never even came close to realizing its potential. Well, speaking of realizing potential, with Xbox One X... We could be at a place where all the promises Peter Molyneux made about the very first Fable could actually finally happen. Mm. I mean, the, I mean with I, that hardware, you could maybe plant a tree. I don't and then care come back. about that. <laughs> I'm just saying, that was the big example everybody pointed right, to. Right, but it's also like but the that most, type of But it's also procedural. the most boring example. Like, yeah. like, who wants to watch a tree grow? Like, that's <laughs> the, the more interesting stuff was things like where he said, like, oh, if you be, like, the, the, the world being aware of your fame was the thing that I thought yeah, was a shame yeah. that they never really, and they tried, and there's elements of it, and, like, people reacting to your reputation is one thing. But All games do that now, though. Right, but he was also talking about stuff where, like, you know, kids would, you would cut their hair like your your character's hair to look like you and stuff. Right. And, like, there's things... Like, that was never... I mean, I think there was stuff sort of like that in Fable 3, but, like, it was never a call-out. It was never... It, it was never meaningful. Yeah. Um, and, like... Yeah, like I mean, you could do you could do a lot of the stuff he talked about originally, and like, like, although you could argue that a lot of the stuff he talked about originally in that GDC announcement has been done by other people, it has because you know, yeah. it was out there and Fable didn't do it, so someone else was like, well, I want to see that. I mean, they did do the Acorn thing eventually in Lost Chapters, right? It was tremendously underwhelming, but they did do it. Yeah, I think that that was just to satiate the people who had been badgering yeah. him in interviews for the last. Well, also because years. I mean, when he said what he said, people I think people were picturing something more like black and white. Yeah, you know, like that kind of thing where right. everything was sort of living, interactive, and living and yeah. moving and happening, as opposed to like if you put this object here, like a cutscene later, there would be a tree, and it's like everyone, you know, all, that's that's just video games. You know, yeah. there's nothing special about that idea. The special part of that idea was like being able to affect the world in a tangible and, and recognizable way, and. Fable has always kind of realized that that was a thing put in front of it, that it put in front of us, rather. But uh, it's always punted on that. Yeah. It's, it's never, it's always kind of like being like, hey, that's kind of what they said, right? And it's like, mm, okay. <laughs> I mean, fine. But it's, it's like that, it's like No Man's Sky, where it's like, well, you can see other people now. Okay, I can see an orb with their right. name over it. Yeah. That's not really... That's not really what you, what I, I mean, thought. Yeah. I mean, good job, like, completing the assignment, but, like, <laughs> you didn't that's really all you did. exceed expectations. Yeah. And that's how I kind of feel Fable is with all those, all those sort of, like, unique little promises they made. Um, and maybe this one can can do that, or maybe this one can do something where it, it breaks away and 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 frees itself of those shackles and becomes something new. Well, I think we can both agree that we would be really excited to hear about a new. Fable. Absolutely, I would. Yeah. I would love to see Fable come back uh, in just about any form that isn't a mobile game. Yep. 
here, here. You give me a card game again, I'm going to kill you. Like, <laughs> no, don't do that. Uh, and then the last thing, there's an, an unannounced IP. No one really knows what it is or who it's coming from. Um, I'm assuming we'll get a look at that at E3 if these rumors are actually mm. true. Yeah, this is the hard news we bring you here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Unannounced there's IP. There's a thing, nobody knows. It might be there, who knows, whatever. It may not be. <laughs> So that's it. But that's some hope because we've really had no yeah. hope with Xbox for a while. I mean, I still there feel hasn't like... There have even been rumors swirling right. about Xbox. I mean, I still software. feel like that's not going to, you know, that is not still not going... Even if those things are all three of those things are true, it's still not really a particularly robust yeah. lineup. But it's better, but it's than, better than what, what it we was. had. <laughs> and it's better than what we know. Which isn't saying much. But uh, we'll take what we can get at this point with, with Xbox. And hopefully they're all this year. It's, yeah. like, it's like, you announce a new Fable, great. If it's fall 2019... Meh. Ouch. Yeah. You wonder if Rare could develop two games at once as well. I don't really know much about how or Rare operates. Or maybe Microsoft now. has schluffed that IP off. Or of I mean, Playground studio. Games could theoretically. I mean, they're a big company, and it's and, you know the the persistently there's you know talk of another Horizon this year because yeah. it's time. That rumor also popped up. That popped this up. week after we mentioned it last week in the yeah. show. because yeah. it's time. You know, every two years you get a Horizon. It's yeah. they alternate, and uh, I'm on board with that. But it's Absolutely. like, but it's also like Horizon has got to be kind of. Business as usual for them. They, they know, you know how what? that works. I would trade Forza Horizon 4 for a new Fable. I don't know if I would if I was Microsoft. Because like, I think Forza Horizon probably sells pretty well. I think Fable would sell better, though. I don't think it would. Even if even with Horizon coming out every two years. Mm, and I, Horizon 3 is so good. Like I really don't know that I need another one. No, you got a point. But it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the sales numbers would be like. But I feel like, I feel like a fantasy RPG is a tougher sell to uh, kind of your average... Like you know, casual than a oh cool. I'm gonna drive around Denver area with a snow bro kind right. of guy yelling in my ear about what races to do. Yeah, um, that would I would I you know I mean Force Horizon Four for me kind of hinges on where it takes place. Yeah, like you gotta you gotta give that's me a big part of it. Setting. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah sure. for sure. And they they've nailed it I think three times. Yeah, uh, good, they pick good places. Um, I really would like them to tone down the broy angle on it. I mean. It's it's like the, the whole kind of, to, that's all up to the focus group, Matt. I know, but just like the, like the Coachella. <laughs> Who do they get in there? For like that? the Coachella meets Burning Man thing they do it is just ridiculous, sort of incredibly yeah. obnoxious, <laughs> really stupid. Yeah, and there's a sort of feeling of like, okay, I'm playing this game. How rich is everyone here? Like that I can get into. Like what's like what do I do for a living that I can be here and destroy cars for three weeks? Like yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yep. Like, who did we pay off in Australia to just, like, tear the whole country <laughs> The whole up, country apart. Absolutely. They even do that in the radio broadcast. It's like, oh, they're driving all over the place, and residents are complaining, but who cares? We're Forza Horizon. I'm they're like, rich. You can't do that. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not how, it's like if Burning Man took place in Times Square. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. But that is the beauty of video games, Matt. You can right. suspend it's your disbelief. It's a fantasy Don't think world. about it too hard. Yep. So hopefully these games aren't fantasy. Uh, let's go next into, we're going to continue our 2018 preview. Last week we did the three big boys. We did mm-hmm. Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. Um, and this week we're going to do all the third-party stuff. Um, we're going to go publisher by publisher. I think that's the best way to break it up. Um, we have one, two, three, four, five, like six publishers. And then we have kind of a catch-all at the end for the publishers who have only announced a game or two for this coming year. So we're going to kick things off with Electronic Arts, the biggest publisher in the industry, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um... I think the first thing Cer- we... Certainly the most talked about. For sure. We talked about them a lot on this show as well. Uh, Star Wars. What's up with Star, a Star Wars video game this year? Are we going to get nothing? Are we going to go a year without a Star Wars game? Probably. Wow. 
Obviously, I mean, Visceral's game's not coming. No. And, and Motive's game. Motive's game's not coming. Yeah. I mean, on, there's an outside chance, I would say, that Respawns might be ready, because they've been working on that longer than we think, probably. I had that conversation with Pac when we shot Pactor Factor last weekend, and uh, he doesn't seem too confident I'm, that that's going to happen. I'm pretty sure that's a 2019 game yeah. at the earliest. Like, like that's, that's a thing that, like, I, I'd be surprised. If, but it's the I would say also say it's of the ones they we know that we know they have in development. It's the only one that could even conceivably be ready this year. Pac and made I don't a good point. He said that it's never taken respawn more than two and a half years to create a game. Mm-hmm. And based upon the statements that are out there and the information that's out there, it's possible. Yeah. That respawn could have a game for the end of the year this year. And I bet EA has greatly encouraged them. Yeah. To be able to do that, but I don't know. The other thing is like you don't want to rush out another half baked piece of crap well not to call that battlefront 2 a piece of crap but a lot of people would not disagree that it was i don't think it was but yeah. a lot of people did think it well, was it's metacritic average i talk about it on gyfe that we just published yesterday so metacritic average is a 66 yep that's insane having played the game that's insane to that's me. almost as low as the last jedi that's really crazy yep I don't know how it ever got that low. There's some people that gave that game like a one and a two. No, like people, the loot box thing is a real sore point. For it a lot really of people, is. So. It's really funny how because it's still a pretty good game. I, I've enjoyed every moment I've played with it. So. Um, so, but anyway, what he did go on to say was, I would not see it coming out before the end of this calendar year, but mm-hmm. maybe it makes it out in before March fiscal yeah. of next year. Yeah, not out of the question. Um, it's just it's. It's real weird that you would have a year with no Star Wars game. When you have that license. Yeah. Man, you're just missing out on so much opportunity there. I mean, presumably the Amy Hennig game was supposed to be this year. Right. And that's what we've lost. Yeah. Um, so and there's I, no way another studio is picking that no, up and you finishing can't, it. You can't, there's nothing you happen. can do there. Yeah. It's, it's just, you got to write this one off. Yeah. You think they're going to completely write it off? Or do you think someone else will pick it up? Because that's what EA kind of hinted at. But another studio will kind of pick up the project and try to sell it. Well, they it. said like Vancouver would pick it, but it sounds like they want to turn it into more of a Destiny kind of thing, which means you're probably overhauling it to the degree that we're not seeing it for another two years. Or more. I mean, if that's I mean, you're going yeah. from like a single player linear right to to a like a destiny style multiplayer kind of thing, and then like with loot boxes. Also consider, uh, you know. If that thing's not crazy far along when Anthem comes out, like Anthem's probably going to have some ideas that they decide, oh, we want to put this kind of thing in here, and then that Absolutely. Put, you know, pushes that back a little bit. That happened. That's happened with a couple of games I know of uh, that I don't think I can talk about, but I know that happened to a couple of games with Zelda, yeah. where some people play, like played Zelda who were working on games who were like, oh, this has to be in our game. Like yeah. now that we've we've gotten this idea from this game, and then like there's that's that's a thing that has delayed a couple things. It's like people incorporating good ideas that they've gotten they got for other good from other good games so yep. i would be i wouldn't be surprised if anthem doesn't do something like that although maybe it's not going to be as disruptive because anthem is in-house with ea so maybe there's some communication there and they can kind of get some synergy going uh next up dragon age well we still don't know if this exists but it probably does yeah, i mean i'm pretty sure it exists it doesn't come out this year though maybe i mean i mean it's been a long time since inquisition yeah I mean, been what four years now? Yeah, it's about. The, I mean, but then again, it was four years or whatever since Mass Effect, and that game still wasn't done. Yeah, it, it, it did come out. But it, it did, wasn't, right? It wasn't done. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe. Uh, I I'm, I would be surprised if we didn't hear about it this year. Uh, out this year? 
I wouldn't bet against it, but I'm also not going to put it in my fantasy draft. Yeah, I'd give it know? about a 25% chance of that happening. Um, and, yeah, I think also with what happened with Mass Effect, maybe EA's a little more cautious with mm-hmm. that franchise going forward. At the very least, I hope it's not just another reskinned Inquisition yep. like Mass Effect was. Yep. Like they got to come up with some new ideas for this thing. Yep. Uh, next up, A Way Out. That's definitely coming out this year. Yes, that is for sure. That is the split-screen cooperative prison break game mm-hmm. from, from Joseph Flores. From a drunken, crazy man. He, he was also in Gaif uh, that was published last night. I have a little rant on uh, his rant. A rant on a rant uh, from the Game Awards, where I feel personally that he kind of embarrassed the entire industry. But take that for, for what, how, whatever you think it's worth. Um, is this one of EA's big games for 2018? <laughs> no. No. I think you may change your perspective on that as we go through well, EA's offerings. in terms of, like, I guess, like, proportionally, maybe. But, like, if you mean, like, sales-wise, this thing's going to come and go. I'm talking like, about, like, marketing and oh, push. And... I mean, yeah, there'll probably be a push for this, for sure. But, like, I think this is going to come and go. This is going to come and go like an Army of Two sequel. Gonna, no one's going to notice. I mean, one thing I, I know I, that I noticed while putting together the show and getting the rundown together is that EA is kind of a little bit like Bethesda. It doesn't really announce a lot of stuff all that early. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see, by the time we finish EA, you'll be like, really? That's all there is that we mm-hmm. know about right now? I mean, obviously, all the sports games, we know they're all coming, right? right? We're not even going to bother discussing those. But, I mean, that's true. Like, EA doesn't actually put a whole lot of content out each year. No. Aside from their sports content and when they do put a game out it's like you hear about it a lot of times like right. six or eight months before it comes out so but, then, but that makes me wonder i mean the sports stuff obviously you know th- that all has to be fairly lucrative i mean it's oh yeah absolutely sales. yeah but like you start to look at ea a little bit like a, like a company that you know they've got like basically four or five tentpole pictures each year and you start to worry about them if one of them bombs yeah absolutely you know like i don't think a way out is going to move the needle in the sales chart and like if you know they're spent, I mean, I don't think they're they're not spending battlefront level money oh, on this no, game. No, no, obviously. definitely not. But it's just like it's that it's that mirror's edge thing where it's or dead space thing where it's like if this doesn't perform the way they want it to perform, do they stop taking chances or do they shut this developer down or do they? Well, you know, like like, I, like bad things happen with. I mean, with mirror's the edge things. bombed hard, right? And they still greenlit this. Yeah. So EA's still sticking with it. Which is a different experiment, but it's like yeah. you worry about the people that make these games because it's like, yeah, you're, you've a chance to experiment under the under an EA budget, but it feels like if you do, if you if you do, if it doesn't pay off, EA will glad you sh- gladly take you out behind the shed and shoot you in the head. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, like they did with Visceral. Yeah. Um, who never really did anything wrong. No. When it comes down to <laughs> it, really I mean, they did, did nothing but make really good product for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And then one misstep in EA's yeah. eyes, and that was it. So a misstep that we didn't even see. Yeah, yeah. Like yep. it was oh, that was all internal. I know. And it's, it's like crazy. really, you thought it was. We it never was, got to pass judgment on it. No, it was better in their minds to to decimate, destroy this this company that made all these good games over one project. Over one project, than to just sort of like say, okay, let's scale it just back trash and trash the go project, back to what scale we're good it back, at. and let them do something else. Yeah, it really is bizarre. Very weird. You think they could have sold that studio to somebody else? Or yeah, it still doesn't add up to me. Uh, next game we're going to talk about Faye. There's another game where they're kind of taking a risk. Oh yeah, yeah. God, I barely remember what this. It's, it's kind a, of like EA's thing, right? new unravel. I guess right because remember they right. had like they have that like little indie sort of imprint that they have inside yeah. EA. They should call it EA Cred. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they should. Uh, but, but what you're saying about EA taking chances, like 
look at this game. I mean, yeah. this isn't something. This is obviously not a game that's going to sell as well as a Battlefront or something like that. But and obviously EA's not putting it anywhere near as much money into it either. But it is kind of an interesting concept, and it's good to see a big publisher like EA kind of branching out a little bit and doing some smaller projects. At least something with some some weird and some imagination. Cut to Ubisoft's Beyond Good and Evil 2 trailer. It's like, <laughs> Ubisoft don't care. Yeah, it really doesn't. Uh, and maybe that's what's happened here. Maybe EA is starting to follow uh, Ubisoft's lead a little bit and saying, hey, let's start uh, expanding our horizons a little bit. And, yeah. uh, I mean, this existing in the, in the face of I don't think Unravel did particularly well. It did not, yeah. So uh, that actually reminds me, I, I was in Toys R Us uh, last week and I saw... Um, Chibi Robo yeah. is on clearance, and the one that the three DS version, yeah, of Chibi Robo? and the one that comes with the amiibo is a dollar less than the one that doesn't. What? Because they want that shelf space back. I would want that Chibi Robo amiibo. It's eight ninety eight. Really? Wow. I may have to go pick that up. I like Chibi Robo. Yeah, so do I. That's a cool. I character. have the GameCube one. Yep, me too. I played played a lot of that game. Uh, next up, EA Sports UFC three. This game was announced just a couple months ago, and now it's coming out here in like a few a few weeks, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it appears that it, it's still a little bit behind the curve when it comes when it's compared to other EA Sports games. They did announce like a quote unquote story mode for this, and that's what mm-hmm. you're seeing right now, the trailer for that. But what it really amounts to is, in between matches, you go on quote unquote social media. <laughs> And brag about your wins or whatever. So there's like this weird like algorithm or quotient. Uh, the the that, true MMA experience. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, yeah. You can see all this stuff here. It's all about like building your fame and then getting a shot at the title. And uh, one thing I did read is that, and this is crazy. Joe Rogan, for those of you who don't, right there he is, right on yeah. cue. Boom. Joe Rogan, for those of you who don't know, he's probably MMA's biggest announcer. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. He's been doing it for forever. Certainly, and, only one I can name. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he refused to do voiceover for this game. Huh. He said he does not enjoy doing voiceover, and therefore he refused to do it. So they are reusing voiceover that he has, he had recorded for prior games, and they are taking his live commentary from actual UFC fights and repurposing it inside the game. Interesting. <laughs> How does that work? How do you not pick up, like, the crowd and everything? Like, you have no clean voiceover when you're doing oh, you that. Would have, I mean, it depends how they store that, but they would have a clean uh, audio take. Well, out. you would think his mic would still pick up the people around him. Yeah, and but you're still going to, I mean... Crowd roaring and... Well, yeah, but you're going to have that in the game anyway, so... I, I guess it, it's you, not ideal, but it's, it's, better, it's better, right, better than not having... I've never heard of anything like that being done in the game Better than not having before. anything at all. Or you just hire another announcer. But it's Joe Rogan. But you're right, but that shows how big Joe oh, Rogan yeah. is when it comes to... I mean, they even replaced John Madden, but they don't have anybody to replace Joe Rogan. Well, I mean, think about that. They did replace John Madden. Yeah, cuz there's other football announcers that matter. Yeah. Yeah, I guess matters is really the the important word there. Or that like a football fan, you know, even if you don't I mean, look, it's not like by the time they replaced John Madden, it's not like football fans were clamoring to hear what John Madden thought about things. Yeah. You know, it was more of a John Madden would say some weird thing and People would go, what? And then, like, you just kind of move on. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, with, you know, with MMA, with UFC, it's like Joe Rogan is the voice. He is, for sure. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the one thing I would say before we move on from this game is I feel like there's still never been a great MMA game. They're always way too complicated and convoluted. Mm-hmm. And that's been the case when other publishers held the license 
I think Crave was like the first publisher yeah. to own the UFC license. And I actually, have the first UFC game on for Dreamcast. Uh, Dreamcast. It was yeah. yeah, that to my opinion, that was the best one. It was up there. It was simple. It didn't overcomplicate it, but it was deep enough that it still felt mm-hmm. like MMA. But you're, the other problem is like you're trying to simulate one of the most complex things in the. I mean, these the 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 moment to moment stuff that happens in an MMA match is so intricate. It really is. And they're trying to capture all that and it's really hard. And like you you have the question of like, well do you make it automatic or do you make it player control? Like, you know, there's so many ways to go about it. And I feel like even this far into it, EA is still kind of figuring out how to do this. It actually reminds me the last game in this series from EA reminded me a lot of Skate, where you had to use these anal- the analog sticks with precision. Mm-hmm. It's like one move is a quarter circle with the stick. Another move is a half circle. Mm-hmm. Another move is two-thirds of a circle. And it was just, to me, it was way too complicated. And I am a big MMA fan. I used to work with Spike and with UFC. Uh, back when I worked at Viacom, we ran UFC's official website. Yep. And we did, like, the whole UFC 100 big rollout for the 100th pay-per-view and uh, built their site from the ground up. And so I dealt with those guys and... Dealt with the Ultimate Fighter, which was Spike's TV show yeah. before they sold it off to Fox Sports One. Well, then there was there were rumors for a while that uh, UFC was going to buy G Four. Yeah, there was. The yeah, which makes no sense whatsoever. They wanted <laughs> what they're going to do is they're going to turn it into their own, and yeah. they use that as leverage against us at right. Spike. They basically, I think they just floated that out there. They were never seriously considering, like, buying G4. Mm. They just wanted better terms from Spike for the next contract. That was their ideal outcome. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, I can't remember. I think, ultimately, they ended up working out the deal or whatever. They and, did, yeah. And then Spike ended up losing UFC, and now they have Bellator and blah, blah, blah. But, anyway, my point being is that I love UFC. I'm a huge MMA guy. I got the very first ever UFC pay-per-view, and from the perspective of someone who's a hardcore fan, I still don't feel like they've got it right. So I'm going to give this a chance. Mm-hmm. I, I keep giving UFC games, MMA games a chance. I just don't feel like they found the sweet spot of it yet. But maybe this one will be the one to do it. Um, and then lastly, Anthem. Mm-hmm. Um, think it's coming out this year? No. Pactor I, seems to think that it is. I think it'll probably make end of fiscal, but I'm, I'm expecting to play this in March. Yeah. Um, Pactor, March 2019. I was surprised how confident Pactor was about this. Um, but he did say that he had no insider information that was leading him to say that. I do know that pretty much everyone in all Bioware team, you know, all around the continent, are all hands on deck. They're on, all working on, on them. Um, I mean, I would not say no chance it's coming out this year. I mean, I, I think it's certainly possible, but I just... Pactor was saying because he did not feel there would be a Star Wars game ready... That I'm that sure EA really yeah. needs this game. In I would agree. I would agree with that. I don't know if you know, it's good to want things. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean because look, you're torn between the idea that they need this. You know, they need something to fill that Star Wars slot, this kind of space sci-fi sort of slot. Um, even though Star Wars isn't sci-fi, um, but it's kind of got that sci-fi feel, and it's got a little Iron Man to it. It's, you know, it fills that sort of fantastical niche. That Star Wars also would absolutely, yeah. um, and like I get that you'd want, but at the same time, like after the Mass Effect Andromeda debacle, you cannot rush another really Bioware can't. game to market. Yeah. Like this thing has to be just rock solid. When Ru- it comes right out. out of the gate, yeah. it has to be rock solid. Like, because this, I think yeah. what publishers are finding out is like the whole get it out and patch it thing. 
with social media the way it is anymore, that just no. doesn't work. Everything moves too fast. People move it's on too, too fast. Once all the memes um, are out yeah. there and the loops and everything, it's it's too late. Yeah, and no one will think of Andromeda as anything else. I mean, it doesn't matter how much you fixed Andromeda. Yeah, like it's the, too late. The, the, the damage was done. Yep. You and cannot you come out of the You can't do that with like a that. brand new IP at that. Right. So, yeah, I think I'm kind of with you. I would really be shocked if this comes out this year. I would really love for it to come yeah, out this year. Yeah, it'd be great if it came out this year. I am year. really freaking excited but for I just, this game. I but... think when, when the chips are down... Uh, Bioware particularly, and I think EA as well probably, are going to prioritize getting it right over getting it out. They both learned a really hard lesson with Android. I would hope so. Absolutely. So, there you go. That's EA. That's what I'm saying. That's all we know about EA going into Mm -hmm. the year. And in that that way, they are a lot like Bethesda, where they're just kind of keeping their... uh, their cards close well, to the I'm best. sure there's some big Plants vs. Zombie announcement <laughs> waiting, waiting in the wings. Well, there's tons of mobile stuff that EA does. That's right. where EA makes a lot of its money, in all oh, honesty, yeah. is off mobile stuff. Well, they've been, doing pretty, they've been doing pretty well with the Star Wars mobile stuff. Yeah. Galaxy of Heroes does well. Galaxy of Heroes is pretty fun. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk about Ubisoft next. Uh, Ubisoft on the flip side has tons of stuff that's announced already. Mm, they always do. Yep. Um, here's this big X Factor. Actually, there's a couple X Factors. But the biggest X Factor to me is Beyond Good and Evil 2. Yeah. You mentioned that earlier. Uh, Not a chance in hell this year. <laughs> Not <laughs> The way I look at it, it's like the game has been talked about, developed. It's, it's gone through two incarnations at this point. Yeah, a lot of iterations. But I think he's, they said at E3 last year, like basically we're kind of starting now like this is you know there's no gameplay loop even yet yeah so there's no way this thing's out this they year. do have a tech demo though of the game already it is yeah. playable already in some way shape or form a very it has a long way to a go very out. crude way shape and form I, I might add um yeah i would put this coming out this year at 25 percent, 20 percent, maybe I'd go like lower 10 percent. <laughs> 10% in another universe. I think at this but, point we should just be happy that it, we know it's coming Yeah, out. The, the idea that they're, they're confident that it was revived that they and, it again. Yeah. Um, and we should be thankful for this awesome CG, too. In my opinion, probably... You know, we never did, like, a best trailer of 2017. Yeah. This probably would have been, this probably this would would have been, been my it. pick. Yeah, yeah this is, to me, this was the best trailer I saw last year. Although, some of the Blizzard stuff with Overwatch would certainly be right up there mm-hmm. buttoned up against it. But I think this is... Uh, Probably my favorite. This, yeah, this one is helped by just the the pedigree of this game and its kind of myth, almost mythic like journey. So it far. also completely flips the script. I mean, this really isn't beyond good and evil. Do you remember the first game? Like it was nothing like this. No, well, I mean, it, it has the the kind of the anthropomorphic animals and the, and right. the sort of French comic book futurism. But the tone of it, the tone, yeah, the tone is. Uh, a little different. Beyond Although, Good and Evil was rated G, pretty much. Oh, Beyond Good and Evil had some dark shit in it. Though. It did, but like, it, if you thought it was more subtextual, it yeah. wasn't as it wasn't. You know, there was a lot of swearing in this and violence. Um, but again, like this is also coming from the same sort of uh, place as uh, stuff like Valerian and yeah. the City of a Thousand Planets, which I love that stuff. Uh, that movie was not particularly good. I watched um, it on a plane. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Right. That's. Be- I will say this. <laughs> the, the best thing I can say the about the first it. five minutes of that movie, where they show how the space station kind of grows yeah, into the yeah. city, like that's probably the best thing Luke Besson has ever done in his entire Some career. Of the effects were pretty like, good. In the that, effects are great. I'd that's say. one of the. I, I'll admit that's one of the 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 4K discs I bought. Nah. Because like, if, isn't that funny? How when you get like a new format, like how it it, it affects what you buy oh, for yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, I don't really care if this movie is good or not. It's like when I got a 3D TV, I bought Avatar. Well, yeah. It's like, you, that's just what well, I, you're going to buy. Well, my the 3, because it was Amazon had like a buy 3 for the price of 2 thing or something for 4K discs. So I bought uh, I bought that, and I bought The Martian, yeah. Ridley Scott, visuals. Yeah. Mm. 
and I bought uh, Pacific Rim. Oh, wow. So three three visionary visual guys, yeah. directors, uh, doing their visual visionary stuff really well. <laughs> at the highest level. At the yeah. highest level of digital filmmaking. Right. And I'm like, I don't even really like The Martian all that much. No. But I'm just like, you know what? It's gorgeous. And I refuse to own Prometheus. So <laughs> that's, my other, that's my other Ridley Scott option. In 4K, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. For 4K. Gotcha. All right, let's move on to uh, Avatar. This is another game probably not coming out this year. No. No. Um, well, because the movie's not coming out till. When next... is the movie coming out? Uh, right now, it's December 2019 is the uh, release So this day. is the 2019 game? Yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, it's shooting right now. The You know, back-to-back Avatar 2 and 3. Aren't there, like, another seven movies coming or they something? Have four, he has four sequels planned, and he's shooting two and three are back-to-back productions... Actually, I think they might be simultaneous production. It'd be like Lord of the Rings, where they're shooting. Right. Like they're shooting two today. This scene is from two, and then this scene in the afternoon is from three. And like so, like, there's no division between the production. But I think he's. I think Cameron said that um, it's like basically two and three are gonna happen, and four and five like the options there. Like he has scripts for them. They're gonna happen. I don't know. Like we'll see. You think it, the next one could bomb? I don't know you if it'll bomb. I don't think it's going to make two billion dollars again. Well, I think. I think the ship is because the thing about well, that's Ava- the whole fool me once thing, right? Well, the <laughs> Avatar thing is like it, it's a ride. You know, no one remembers the story particularly well because it wasn't about the characters, the story, or any of that stuff that movies are usually about. Yeah. It was about putting three D glasses on, and getting on a roller coaster through Pandora, and it was pretty good and at that. It did. It was great. Yeah. Uh, technologically very impressive. You watch it now, it looks like a cartoon, but like yeah. at the time, almost ten years ago, nine years. Ago, I think it was. That's hard um, to believe. Wow. It was, it was technologically it's amazing. It's really been a decade since yeah. Avatar came and out. And it's going to be technologically amazing, amazing again. Uh, Cameron is supposedly shooting it in 60 frames a second. Wow. Which is not something any theater in the country can show. Right. But he, you know, he's like, he paid to upgrade uh, stuff for 3D for Avatar, so yep. they might do the same thing for some select theaters for this. Uh, we'll see how the audience responds to that, because the high frame rate experiment with The, the Hobbit did not go right. very well. Yeah. However, like I said, high frame rate for film, not particularly useful. High frame rate for a roller coaster, very useful. Oh, yeah. So absolutely. if you're really going to embrace the idea that this is basically a, an experience, a ride, not a film, right. like 60 frames a second might be the way to go. It makes sense. It yeah. might, it, you know, in the terms of like if you really want people to be on Pandora, and considering there were people who were thinking about killing themselves because they were never going to be able to visit Pandora when they saw the first <laughs> film, there were articles about that. There was like post-Avatar <laughs> depression what? syndrome. This is a real thing. Google that. Wow. Um, That's insane. That could be, you know, it could actually be beneficial this time in terms of like getting people into the world from a 60 kind of a uh, almost a VR perspective you know what i mean right, like yeah. like it would almost be like a VR experience in a theater uh-huh. like as a 60 frames a second kind of thing cuz i hate high frame rate stuff i think yeah. films don't need that it looks ridiculous but if you're going to do this thing as more of like a you know you're almost as like a circle vision like theme park ride which is what avatar's strength is it might work i don't know the the key is going to be how much money the studios want to shell out to uh pay for theaters to upgrade to the ability to be able to show it. And this this game, much like the Avatar game Ubisoft made for the first game, will probably just first movie will probably come out and disappear and no one will ever remember it again. It wasn't great. Uh, no. I played uh, it I played it more than I'd like to admit. But like I never well, finished. I finished it. I, I didn't finish it, but I played like fifteen hours or something. I play I I played a lot of it. I did. I did like the. World. It wasn't bad. 
I don't it wasn't like great. I don't like Avatar. I thought it was boring and and I, I did like the movie. everything. Was, I think was a you know I thought Fern Gully did it better. But I think watching and, uh, it without 3D is a big difference. Yeah, but I watched it. I watched it in 3D. It was, yeah. it was but I was like it's it's nothing. It's it's cotton candy it in is, terms absolutely. of everything except the tech. Uh, but I did like the world, and I liked kind of the planet, and I, li- I got the little book that kind of explained all the plants and the animals and stuff, and I thought that was cool. And so I liked running around in it in the, in the game, but the game itself was not particularly compelling. I don't not. expect the new one to be a particularly different. <laughs> I don't either. Although they have had a lot of time a lot, to develop you know, it. Ubisoft has changed a lot since then. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, who the knows? studio's already been working on it for like a year plus, and it's still got another year and a half to work mm-hmm. on it, so it should be... They can't. They can't say that the game stinks because they didn't have enough time to, right. to create. Well, it. also Cameron is. You know, Cameron seems to trust Ubisoft and thinks. Uh, you know, they they know what he's after. Too much, and they, they trust him too much. Yeah. Well, don't remember put that long winded. Yeah, don't put him on stage for another twenty minutes <laughs> at E three. But like, um, you know, the fact that he's willing to work with them on that level. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it'll help. Yeah, trust is big because he doesn't want stuff to leak out. Yes. So if he trusts them to be able to give them assets and give them the plot and all that kind of stuff, oh yeah, it can make a big difference in the game. And as I understand, there is like an Avatar wing of that that stu- that Ubisoft studio. I don't remember which one it was on Montreal or something. There is a wing like basically nobody is allowed to go into. It's massive, it's, I believe. Is is it massive? Yeah. Okay. So there's a section where you basically you can't walk into because that's it's, a good sign because that's where the Avatar all the stuff Avatar is. stuff is. Uh, next up, Far Cry Five. We've talked about this game ad nauseum yeah. on Game Face. Uh, we don't probably don't need to say much more. Uh, plenty of marketing's been out for the game. The controversy's come and gone. Mm-hmm. Everyone's kind of settled in at this point. Now? Uh, I can look it up real quick. Uh, it it didn't slip you. out of fiscal, did it? It just ended up in March or something. I believe so. I love having this PC here to check stuff like this. Uh, March twenty seventh. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, so it comes out on uh, March twenty seventh. Um, so not too much longer to wait. Again, as you mentioned, it was delayed, mm. which was kind of a surprise to me. It seemed like it's pretty far along. And they, Ubisoft has been letting people play the crap out of this, uh, particularly the YouTubers and the influencers. Essentially, new gameplay that's going up almost every day if you hunt around for it. Um, that hasn't quelled my excitement for it. I'm really pumped up for this game. Um, the mix of the Far Cry design, which I already love and have loved for a long time, with this setting and the consequences and all that, they're kind of... Are, uh, or organically imparted into the game because of it. I'm all over this game. I think it's going to be great. Um, it doesn't look especially good, uh, especially now that a lot of the gameplay has come out. Like <laughs> there was this one mission that we carried the other day where you have to go collect like cow balls. Oh yeah, <laughs> as one of the missions. And the cows, cows are, cows are female, by the way. It's bull balls. Bull balls, right? Because and I mean, it's Montana. It's a sow, isn't it? A female cow called a sow. Um, a uh, heifer. Or a heifer. There's a lot of different words for livestock. <laughs> we, uh, but, but it all means something. But but uh, yeah, and there's like a, and a steer is different from a bull, and I don't I don't remember. But anyway, graphically, this game. Anyone isn't... who thought there wasn't going to be a Rocky Mountain oyster thing in a it's game set in Montana is right. crazy. Like, yeah. I don't know why everybody was reacting like, oh my god, I can't. But it's like that's the it's culture. Well, you know, a lot of people will be upset. Will get testy eh. over the fact that you're harming an animal. <laughs> If that's what they're going to get testy about with this game, boy, they're in for a ride. Um, but I'm really jacked up for this. I'm excited for it. It's probably the game I'm most anticipating in Q1 of the year. Mm. Uh, I, I would agree with that other than uh, Shadow of the Colossus, which doesn't really count yeah. because it's a remake. Sure. But, um, um, no, in terms of original content, yeah, this is this is probably the top of my I'm list. I'm pretty pumped up for it. So don't need to spend too much time on that. Everyone's seen it, heard about it. We've talked about it a ton of times on Game Face. Uh, Splinter Cell, Matt. Mm-hmm. It's been five years since the last Splinter Cell. God, I thought it was more than that. 2013 was when Blacklist came out. 
Was it? Yeah. I think so. Here, I can check. I swear that came out when I was still on X-Play. Maybe I'm thinking about that other one. Player Cell Blacklist. 2013. August 20th, 2013. Maybe yeah. we didn't play Blacklist. What was the I one? love that. I love how you can bring up the PC on the... Uh... What was the one before that? Um... The one, the first one that kind of went off the, went off the usual formula. That one was Chaos Theory? No, it was the first one where he was, uh, you know, where it played a little more like Tomb Raider. You know what I mean? I like there was the co-op to it. Oh, uh, I don't remember. You remember? I, I know what you're talking I think about. I it began yeah. with a C. I don't have, I, I forgot to put my Twitch password in again. I don't remember it, so I don't have the chat on my phone. Yeah. So I can't look, because I know someone knows. Splinter Cell begins with a C, I think. Someone like in the chat will mention it, I'm it, sure. Because it was the one where he goes, like, where he goes... Uh, conviction. Conviction, that's right. Yeah. Because it was, like, it was going to be... It was going to be, the like, where he was, like, arrested or something, and, like... And then, like, it came out and was completely different from the demo they showed. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it's been five years since this one. Wow. So, man, they're due. Is that... Is that Crackdown? That, the, the picture down at the bottom there? Oh, yeah. Man, it looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> No, Matt, that's its art style. That looks awful. <laughs> it really does. Uh, so what do you think the chances are? I mean, Ubisoft does just drop games out of nowhere a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, I know. I mean, I would think either the, like, the big fall game is going to be either this or Watch Dogs 3. Watch Dogs 3, huh? Yeah, I think it's about time for Watch Dogs. Well, it will have been two years. Do you think they can get that game done in two years, though? Maybe. They just finished DLC for that not that long ago. I think it's different people working on it. I mean, Ubisoft is vast and infinite. Like, well, here was another like... piece of knowledge that Pack dropped in the latest show was, you know how Ubisoft said it was delaying an unannounced game? Mm-hmm. Pack says it was Assassin's Creed. Mm. And that they were going to start going back on the yearly schedule again yeah, with Assassin's Creed. Yet. And then when this one was so well received, they're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Let's, let's milk this one for a little while and do well, also, DLC. Also, let's like... Take that formula and go, like, don't fall into the thing that the Assassin's Creed series originally where you had all these different people working on it and no one ever, like, got on the same page about what they were supposed to be. Yeah. Because that was a problem. It was like, you'd play, like, oh, Brotherhood, and Brotherhood had all these cool ideas, and you play Revelation, all those ideas were gone because it was made by, it was made by someone else at yeah. the same time as Brotherhood, so no one was, you know, on the same page. There was no cross-pollinization. Nobody even looked yeah. the same anymore. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, and so, like, they have to, they, have, they need consistency, they need iteration, and they need to take this, the stuff that worked in Origins and run with it and get, get some better writing in there like you you made a pretty good aping of witcher 3 with that game and if you if it was better written and it was more compelling in terms of like the, the content you're doing like you'd have something real special yeah i think they do have something special but they have something real special if they could bring that up and uh i think that takes time it takes iteration it takes create creative work and that doesn't happen overnight give it two years i would not be surprised at all if splinter cell comes out this year at all it, it feels like it's about time. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I think what Splinter Cell had fallen on hard times, though. I mean, it had gotten to the point where it was selling like a third of what it was selling just mm -hmm. like two years prior. I think um, we'll see. I think you might. I mean, Blacklist was a little. I mean, it was different. It was more action oriented. Yeah. So and, was Conviction. I mean, it was. Yeah. It was there. It was. It was. Uh, it was moving in that kind of. Um, it needed to, though. Yeah, it did. It was it such was, a sterile franchise. I it mean, was a very looked, stiff franchise. It was. And I, look, I love the first couple games because it was completely different. And it was purely mm. focused on stealth. The bump and, mapping. Yeah, and concentrating on using lights mm. and p shooting out lights. Like at that, at that point, it really kind of wound up Metal Gear. 
And, uh, but then it just kind of stayed in that rut for far too long. And I feel like Blacklist was kind of the transition game where they're just kind of really starting to figure out like where they're going to, mm. what direction they're going to head in. Uh, but we'll see. I, I would not be shocked at all if uh, this game makes it out this year. I, I would never say played probably Blacklist. Q4. You didn't? No, because well, it, it seems so much like Conviction. It was the most action-y of all mm. the games. I mean, Conviction was real action-y. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it, it seemed like an iteration on that. Yeah. Uh, and I like, also, there was no Michael Ironside, and yep. screw that. Yep. Well, I don't, I don't think he'll probably ever come No, back. he won't, But because they, they made Sam younger and... And all that stuff, and I guess they don't think he should sound like that anymore. But like Michael Ironside is Sam Fisher. Too. I also wouldn't be surprised if the next Splinter Cell is like a prequel, yeah, an origin story of Sam Fisher or whatever. I mean, he has had flashbacks, obviously, in his games that kind of mm. hinted to some of that stuff. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked if you play as a really young Sam Fisher in the new one. Uh, next up, Skull and Bones. Which is, it was shown at E3, we haven't seen it since. Mm-hmm. Just basically a pirate combat MMOE kind of game. It's not quite Sea of Thieves, it's a little more rigid than that. Um, a little disappointing, I thought. Yeah. Just in the sense that like everybody wanted, like, Black Flag and Rogue were so good, and they're like, just make a pirate game. Okay, here's, Here you go. here's For Honor with ships. It's like, no, yeah, it's yeah. not really what we um... That is coming out this year, though. And that's is it? Coming, yeah, that's coming out for yeah. PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Um, and then there's The Crew 2, which I am actually really excited about. Yeah, I'm interested in that. I did not really enjoy the first Crew all that much. I thought The Crew... I thought, I've said it before, I'm pretty sure, but I, think, I thought The Crew was a better idea than a game. Yeah. Uh, I loved what they wanted to do, and they just didn't quite get there. But I also give them props for supporting that thing for forever. They, like, still, they still support it. They still put it. content yeah. out, and they put yeah. out like a whole cops and cop chase thing for it like a year ago. I mean... That is that is a robust uh, project they worked on. I mean, I I gotta give them credit for that. I will say this was one of the most impressive demos I saw at E3 last year. Mm-hmm. Just as far as a game that was trying new ideas and and was were using in some ways new tech. Yeah, and also taking the first what the first game did and making it bigger and well, like and expanding it. I mean, the first game never delivered what I thought it was going right. to be. This second one delivers what I thought the first game promised and then some. Mm-hmm. And I, I do know, you were a little skeptical that, like, there's all these different things, that, you know, it's, it's kind of, like, steep, where it's like, okay, you've got planes, and you've got motorcycles now, and you've got also cars and trucks and off It's like, it's like can you make all this good? Yeah. Um, that's a lot of, you know, because a, a, a lot of games can't even get one of them right. Motorstorm so. was was one of those games that had a bunch of different disciplines. It was a racing game that had a lot of different disciplines. And now that studio's working on a new driving mm-hmm. game, too, so... Uh, the, but it's cool. I mean, I love I love flight stuff. So, uh, like, if this turns out really well, um, I'd be super into the idea of being able to play one of these kind of open world car car PGs. But like, being able to hop in a plane when I want to. I mean, that's the thing. Is like, if you don't like a certain discipline, in some cases, you do have to use mm-hmm. a boat or a plane. Uh, but one of the parts of the demo that they showed me, there was flexibility in you choosing whether you wanted to go by land, sea, or air. So. Mm-hmm. You will have some choice in uh, what vehicles that you pilot throughout the game. I'm really excited for this. This was also delayed, but it is supposed to be coming out this year. This so. is pu- it was pushed to like almost E3, I want to say. Yeah. Like, it was a hefty push. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the last game that, that is known for Ubisoft in 2018 is Starlink Battle for Atlas. Oh, that Toys to Life. Yep. And this thing. game's come into pretty much everything. PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Um, and this is a Toys to Life thing where you build a ship and then you use that ship in the game. Um, Matt, do you think this is a five years too late? Yeah. 
But I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they had they they have said that like there's going to be digital a way to buy all this stuff digitally. Yeah. Um, which maybe it, it, when you know when when it comes down to it, maybe that's all it will be. Like I don't know. Yeah. Putting out the physical toys at this point makes is there, sense. There's no Toys to Life franchise left at this point, is just, there? Just the Amiibos, if you want to count them. Yeah. They don't, they're not really the same thing. But they're all gone. This Skyla- would be the only one. This would be it. Yeah, Skylanders is over. Uh, Disney Infinity is over. Um, Lego Dimensions is done. Lego Dimensions is done. Although still, they're still, they put out the last wave of things of, uh, last month or two months ago, I think. Uh, and it's, Yeah, that, that whole th- that fad is done. Ubisoft is on an island here. Well, it shouldn't surprise us that much. Remember, Ubisoft played laser tag at its E3 press conference. Right. Like four years, it was about 20 years late on that. So, and then I mean, there's more of that stuff out all again. I, mean, I don't know if you saw. Yeah, laser tag's getting like laser big tag's again. back yeah. again. Or they're trying to make it big. Yeah. Again. Every every like three years, a new like laser tag permutation shows up. Yeah. But last time it was like putting your phone in the gun and right. So yeah, now, I remember. I think they came to game trailers and did a demo of that mm-hmm. actually at one point. We always get these weird, like, fringy game yep. things that would, like, they'd beg us. And we'd be like, nah, nah, nah. Come on, we'll give you it all for free. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was a kid when Laser Tag came out in, like, the 80s or whatever. There was two kinds. There was Laser Tag. I think it was actually called, like, Laser Tag. Yep. And then there was another one called Photon. Yep. And I got Photon. And nobody got Photon. <laughs> Everybody, all my friends got Laser Tag. I got Photon. And I just had this gun. And I just stood around and, like, shot <laughs> myself. <laughs> Fun fact, Photon was the original. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had no one to play with. I wouldn't know if it was good or not. Well, laser tag looked way cooler. It did. Well, all my friends ended up buying getting that one, and I got the other uh, one. The big problem with Photon was the Photon gun was attached to the chest piece with the little curly cord. It was also weird, too. Like, the yeah. gun just felt awkward. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm And laser tag had that cool commercial where it was like, it was like the future, and there's that, that woman, like, referee in the floating... Like Professor X oh, chair, right, like, you're right. out, you're out. That's like that, right. that, yeah, remember? It was like, like the sport of the future. Hell, you remember that? I remember all. Of <laughs> Television advertising worked real well on me. Like, <laughs> Apparently, I didn't remember it until you said it, and then all, instantly it all started popping back into my mind. That's great. So that's it. That's Ubisoft. What we know of them for 2018 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking at games that will actually come out. One, two, three, four. There's probably more we don't know. Which is, again, why I think that there's a good chance that Splinter Cell might be something that we see. Could be Splinter Cell. There could be, maybe they'll finally mention another Watch Dogs. Yeah. So I don't think they're giving up on that one. Uh, Because it's potential. I think, you know, Ubisoft, one thing I like about them is they. They don't give up on stuff if it doesn't work. No, you're right. Like they, they, they will, Unlike EA, apparently. Yeah, well, they know, they'll know they take things that they know has, has you know, the, the magic in them, and they'll be like, well, we've got to find it. Like, yeah. We've got to figure it out. And they've done that with Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. And I still believe, even though Watch Dogs 1 and 2 are not phenomenal games, like, you play those games and there's something there. There's something to I think to, Watch Dogs 2 is pretty good. Watch Dogs 2 is pretty good. It's definitely yeah. an improvement, but it's not... Yeah. It didn't make me care in the way it has to. Yeah. And there's a point at which I just sort of stopped playing the game and started just driving around the world because I like the world because it's where I grew up. Yeah. The San Francisco Bay yeah. Area, which nobody really does in these open world games. And it was super cool to be able to drive down the peninsula and go to San Jose and go back. Like, that was really cool. But after a while, I just didn't care about the extreme hacks or... Yeah, I know. It's too like, bro-y. Stuff, you know, like... it, was, it just didn't... <laughs> Yeah. But I think there's, that there's something there. Like Watch Dogs can get there if yeah. they keep trying, and I think they will. The games are actually high quality. They are. I mean, at least yeah. the second one was really high quality. Whether you like the theme of it... The other thing I really hated in Watch Dogs 2 was how there were those like online missions 
that would kind of be spontaneously generated, and there was never any way to clear them out of your quest log. They would yeah. always, just, it would always just eternally generate like generic fetch quests for you to do. In the pur- I think it was purple was, yeah. and I'm like, bro, that you OCD, gotta, you got to get that out of here. Like, you need to put that in another tab that I can ignore forever. Some, seems so simple, but <laughs> all right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Take Two. Take Two is really a slim lineup as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously, Red Dead Redemption. They're too, they're too busy the counting one. the GTA Five money. Yeah, like still, yeah, still. What was that thing? It was, I, I saw some like list of like, you know, GTA came out like two hundred something weeks ago, and it's been in the top ten all of those weeks, but like five, and it's been like the top five like all but like one hundred and forty four of those. I mean, it's like last it's month, insane. last month, GTA Online generated the most money it ever has generated. Mm. All this time later. <laughs> Literally a license to print money, without a doubt. Yep. Uh, but this year we have Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, probably one of the biggest games of the year, hands down. Um, so while Take-Two doesn't have a lot of quantity, it certainly has some quality. Oh, I don't have quantity. <laughs> Just not game titles. Just money. Yeah. Piles and piles of money. Plenty of quantity of that. Um, is there any other game you're more excited for? Or wait, what was your most anticipated game besides if besides Shadow of the Colossus? Shadow of the Colossus, it was um, Nino Kuni Two. Nino Kuni Two. You're yeah. more excited for that than this, huh? I'm a, I'm a giant Studio Ghibli mark. I'm also, I'm more curious about Nino Kuni Two because I don't know a whole lot about it. Yeah. And like Red Dead Redemption Two, while I am excited for it, is kind of a known. Quant- I mean, I know what Rockstar makes. Yeah. Like you know, you you, you know what this is. You know, like yeah. It's sort of like if a new Zelda game was coming out. I'm just like, I, I get it. Like I don't, you know, that wasn't particularly true of Breath of the Wild. It wasn't the Wild though. Was a very different thing. <laughs> Every once in a while, stuff happens. It's out of the ordinary. Yeah. But like this one is like, you know, I don't even think about this game much, really. Because you just like, know it's going to be. good. I know it's coming. I know I'm going to play it. No I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to it's going to look so good. I can smell the damn dust in in the, in the air, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I hope. So Take Two also mentioned. I think it was back in October. That a known IP is coming this year, and mm. Pactor, in his predictions for this year, his infinite wisdom, says that it's Borderlands Three. Um, I think that's probably a really safe bet. I believe in the parlance of uh, Wall Street. Uh, duh. Yeah, <laughs> would be the, my response to that. Gearbox uh, trying to recover after Battleborn. Yeah, which was a debacle. So you got to go back to the uh, sure thing, and I'd say this is indeed a sure thing. Well, the funny thing about this game is that it was actually, like, really ahead of its time. Yeah. I mean, Borderlands is kind of what video games have become now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's any franchise that can just slide right into the current climate in 2018, I mean, it even, this is it. It even had loot boxes. That's first. what I'm saying. Like, this game... Just, you had to follow Randy Pitchford on Twitter instead of having to pay money. <laughs> right. Which some people may, you know, your, your mileage may vary. You may <laughs> want to pay money instead of following Randy on Twitter. But it really, it's really crazy to look back and see how this game got it right way before anybody else yeah. figured it out. Uh, again, I, I've talked about it before. I'm not the world's biggest Borderlands fan. Uh, I'm not a fan of just bullet sponges where you shoot something a mm-hmm. billion times and watch the... Neither am I, but I am a big fan of shooting something and seeing a number pop out of it. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know what that something. is, but like it's real good. I think that, that goes all the way back to our childhood RPGs yeah. that we played when we were kids. And I, like, I mean, I like the world. I like, uh, I like two a lot better than one. Um... I'd agree with that. I, I played like, two a lot more than I played one. I didn't. I didn't play two too much because uh, uh, I played it more when it when I got it on PC. Because the problem with it on because I have that plasma. and The plasma was pretty new when this came out, 
and the uh, the bright white quest like step dialogue in the in the right side of the screen uh, was image retaining like crazy. Oh. And the, so the quest the quest text for this game like you see like open cabinet yeah. there it like, stayed on your screen. That, it was like just like you could just see lines of like text uh-huh. on my screen for months oh, after geez. I played this game. Because I played the game I played the game for like a hundred hours. I mean, no. it was, it's not like I didn't play it a lot, but I just, but I could have played it. Twice that. I really enjoyed it. I could have gone through it on all the DLC, and I just didn't because I was worried about damaging my television. I ended up going through it when it came out on PC instead. Or I, when I got it. It's a grindy game. It is. At least the first two are very grindy. It is very grindy, but I enjoy I like the characters. I, I love Claptrap. I know people don't like Claptrap very much. But How I could think, you not like Claptrap? People, there, there's a lot of Claptrap haters, man. Like, <laughs> I, but I love, I love Claptrap. Partly because I, uh, w- w- one of the. One of the, the group, I don't play with them anymore because everybody kind of went off and got their own lives, but um, uh, the group I used to play online with all the time, the youngest of them was this kid uh, from Arizona, and he um, sounds exactly like Claptrap. Oh, really? Like, like his attitude, his the jokes, his sense of humor, I mean, he is Claptrap. <laughs> and when Borderlands 1 came out, because I played it early because they sent us you know the, the review copies, and I went online like the first night, I played, I'm like, guys... Uh, wait till you hear this character in this new game when we play the co-op on this game and it came up and everyone's like what the hell like it was <laughs> like everyone knew instantly what I was talking right. about and of course the one guy's like what Re- really you think that's me? and we're like bro <laughs> <laughs> So I, I have this a, game I, will sell very, very. Oh yeah, well. I have a big soft spot for Borderlands Three. I think it's uh, it's a good value for the money, and they always uh, the the DLC is always great. In fact, um, looking at the between just this and Red Dead Redemption Two. It might be a good time to buy some stock in Take Two. Yeah, but, uh, there are worse ideas. I've and heard. conceivably, hopefully, you get GTA Six next year. That party may just keep on raging. For yeah, a- there's no uh, <laughs> nothing like. I mean, a, there's, there's, there's nothing like a Take Two party because a Take Two party don't stop. There's something to say about buying Take Two stock before GTA is announced. Mm-hmm. Because once it gets announced, I guarantee you it's going to pop up. So just. Yeah, and it may not be this year, but... By the way, this is for amusement purposes only. Right. I am not telling you to buy Take-Two stock. I don't want to hear from one of you guys in, like, a month saying, I went and bought it, now it dropped, like, $5 a share. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, because they might you know, they might load G- GTA 6 down with loot boxes. We don't know. Yeah, it's possible. And then it'll bomb. No, yeah. it won't. No, it won't. Doesn't matter. That's the one mm-hmm. franchise you can put do whatever you want with loot boxes, and it won't make a difference. Yeah, it'd be like it'd be like GTA Six. It's sixty. Suddenly, everybody loves loot boxes, and you have to ship us your dog, <laughs> yeah. and like it'll still sell five million copies. Suddenly, everyone loves loot boxes. Uh, the last, uh, the only other game that Take Two has announced, other than obviously like the next WWE Two K right. whatever and NBA Two K whatever, is uh, Project One V One. That is a free to play. Multiplayer shooter from Gearbox that has card battling elements in it. Okay. They have not released any footage of the game. It was, in fact, they didn't really announce the game. Gearbox put up a website for the game. People found it, and then people reported on it. Hmm. And so Gearbox still hasn't really said much. There was supposed to be like an open beta or a closed beta coming up soon. Uh, but it's one of those things that just kind of appeared with a flash in the pan and then went away. But it is scheduled for a release this year. So I'm, I'm assuming... We'll get more information on that as well coming up pretty soon. I wonder where the we haven't seen or a, actually any information. We haven't seen a Brothers in Arms from them in a long time. No, no, and I don't think you will. No, no. 
For a long for a long time, I'd heard that they still had a couple more of those on their contract with with uh, Ubisoft. Really? Yeah. I'd be shocked because remember the last one ended up being like a total debacle. They showed like a trailer for it. Well, it never came out. It, was, it like, never it, was, came like, out. it was like the it was basically Inglorious Bastards. The trailer looked awesome, but it just never came out. So. I don't know. Mm. It depends on what the contract like says. Like Furious 6 or something? Maybe like the contract is, if you make another one, we get first right to publish yeah, it. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, but that's it for Take 2. Let's move on to Square Enix. Uh, as far as putting the show together, this was the publisher that surprised me the most, Matt. Mm. As far as how many games the publisher has on the docket. Uh, it looks like a big year for Square Enix. Um, the first one we'll talk about is the Avengers Project, which is... If it actually comes out this year, would be one of my more anticipated games of. Yeah, I don't mean I don't really expect it, but uh, we got this first teaser trailer early last year. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, I don't think enough time has passed, although maybe you might have something ready for next year. Um, maybe we see it at E3. Maybe like a, a teaser trailer, or something. Maybe. Yeah. Well, because like here's the thing: like we got Avengers: Infinity War coming up in May, but you have Avengers four. The following May, so you get, if you get it out next spring, that you're still sounds like the ticket. You're still yeah. set, like you're yeah. you're synergizing quite well. I am excited to see a game, an Avengers game made by Crystal Dynamics. Yeah, I am really, really excited for that. Yep, um, I, I I dig what Crystal Dynamics does. So. Exactly, and I mean, really, this license has been in the hands of incompetent fools for far too long. Yeah. Like, with just, the exception of Gazillion, yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm really pumped for that. I agree. Probably won't see it this year. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Did they admit they admitted this existed? They, they still have not admitted no? it. No. It's still all based on mm-hmm. people overseeing someone Remember on like a subway a train. like a tweet recently? Yeah. Though, I something. mean, there's been some things that have hinted towards it. Yeah. Um, what would you want to see in the next Tomb Raider, Matt? As far as after what we've seen. Well, apparently in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I mean I know the 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 reboot and this and Rise are kind of divisive, but like I I are they really yeah. There's a lot of people that hate those games. Really, think Rise was a terrible game. Wow. Um, I I'm shocked to hear that. I really like the, the reboot. And I like both of I them. I like Rise even more. Um, yeah, they're great. I I think it's it, it's exactly what I want Tomb Raider to be at this point. Yeah. Um, and I just do, like do, do the detractors just wanted to go back to the old like goofy Tomb yeah, Raider stuff. Wow. Or like kind of like they they used to be skill based. I'm glad they're not listening to them. They used to be skill based jumping games, and now they're just like Uncharted with a nice pick kind of thing. The Rise of the Tomb Raider was pretty challenging at points, though. I Here thought it was. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I I I've played Tomb the the you know the reboot of Tomb Raider. I think three separate times, hundred percent. I played through, game. played through Rise of the Tomb Raider twice. Um, I I really like them, so I just want more. You know, keep evolving it in the direction Rise of the Tomb Raider did. Uh, I wouldn't mind. Uh, you know, a more of a globe-trotting kind of thing. Like, if it, you know, not stuck in one space all the time. You know, because, like, like there's there's a little bit of that in, in Rise, but, like, I am more interested in kind of a, you know, like, a section here. You know, but a big section. You know, like, maybe three large sections in different parts of the world that kind of take you around the place where, like, as opposed to kind of the original game, which, the first, the reboot game, which was, like, all on that one island. Um, I think Rise kind of moved in the direction of like, oh, you can kind of go around the world a little bit more. Yeah. And like, I love that idea, and I like, I like, uh, I'd like to see it be a little more varied in setting. I I'd agree with that. Would be what I'd say. But then at the same time, like having it in that one location, it does kind of give it this air of like oppression and yeah. But it does kind of wear on you too. But like, it's like you know, you're still kind of telling the story of like you know, 
her kind of coming coming into her own as, as yeah. sort of this like you know archaeological, a woman, archaeological tomb raiding badass. Yeah, and uh, I would like to see a, a very. I, I I guess Shadow the Tomb Raider. I, I mean, maybe it's not going to be. I'm sure they're going to continue on the Trinity. Uh, you know, whether you know she's got that organization, kind of her own personal Hydra. Uh, in the form of Trinity, sort of, who's the the organization that killed her father and and wants the thing he was after and stuff. Um, but I'd like to see them kind of make it a more like a like what it, just sort of what it's like to be Lara Croft in the prime of her career kind of thing. Like she's oh she's over here she found this thing and now she's got to go over here and now you got to go oh something happened here and it's like got to fight off Yetis or something. Yeah. You know whatever you wanted to make it, but I'd like it to be a, maybe a little more episodic would be kind of what I'd be interested in. It's like it doesn't have to be a giant epic story every time. It could just be like moments in the life of Lara Croft. Uh, kind of finding cool things and being cool places and continually knocking down relics that are thousands of years old because apparently you, if she comes to explore your your ruins, say goodbye to your ruins. ruins. Well, your ruins yeah. are going to be ruined. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. What's next? Um, Dragon Quest Builders 2. Uh, to me, one of the more underrated games from Generation 8 that probably deserve more sales than it actually got. Uh, the first one's getting ready to come out for a Switch right mm. now. Uh, Dragon Quest that came out what was it May of last year yeah, in Japan there. and then it came out a little later here. I, um, didn't, I didn't pay a lot of attention to this one. They haven't promoted the sequel much. In fact, the, what we're watching right now is the only gameplay that exists of the sequel, and it was just a part of some mm. goofy stream that Square Enix did at one point. Um, cross between action RPG and Minecraft, uh, or Dragon Quest and Minecraft, if you will. Uh, it is coming to PS4 and Switch, not Xbox One or PC right now, just for PS4 and Switch, as it is announced right now. No release date for Japan or the West yet, but it is supposed to be coming to the West this year at some point. Um, Left Alive. That is the new game from former Team Kojima hmm. uh, members. Obviously not the entire team, as some of them went on to uh, his All new right, studio. This, thing. this is... Um, Kind of shrouded in mystery still. We still don't know that much. There's just this one trailer that's come out of it so far. <coughs> so we don't have a lot of details on it, but it is scheduled for this year. Uh, but if considering the team is made up of former, former Ko- Kojima developers, you may not want to hold your breath for this one to come yeah. out this year. Um, if they learn from the master, if they learn anything from the master, it's that, eh, we'll get it done when we get it done. <laughs> But it certainly has a unique style. Um, I like what I've seen of it so far, but I would be surprised if it actually does make it out this year at any point. Um, then there's Dissidia Final Fantasy. That's coming out very soon. In, yes, the end of this month. Yeah, like two weeks is coming out, which is an arena brawler for or based, uh, with Final Fantasy characters. Um, it was in the arcade first in Japan. Now it's coming to PS4, PS4 exclusive. Uh, you have not been especially excited for this so far, Matt. No. I mean, this just... I'm not a big arena fighting... You know, it's just... It, I, it, I, always, I just generally find those to be messier more than anything else. Like, in, you know, Gundam Versus had that problem, and uh, really Virtual Own did to some degree. I mean, Virtual Own is probably the best of those to me. Um, it had a precision that a lot of the others don't don't have. And I, play, I, mean, I played Dissidia on the PSP, uh, both of them, and uh, they're, fun, they're fun little games, but, like, I don't expect this to be anything, this game is anything that ro- sets my world on fire. Also, also, I don't really care about the characters from Final Fantasy. Like, <laughs> Sacrilege! Like once you pa- once you pass Final Fantasy VI, I'm kind of out. Yeah, you know, like 
But look, those character there are characters from the first handful of Final yeah. Fantasy games in the game. And it is, if you actually watch how the game is played, it is different. It's not just like any other fighting game. And it has summons. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it looks like, the, I recognize it as Dissidia. I yeah. mean, it's the third game in the series. They're not uh, reinventing the wheel here. It just has really good graphics compared to the other two. Right, yeah. So that's coming out in a couple of weeks, and that is PS4 only. Uh, next up, Lost Sphere. Which is a semi-sequel to I Am Setsuna from Tokyo mm. RPG Factory, which is the, well, not newly formed now. They've been around for a couple of years. This studio, by the way, cranks them out. It's created two massive JRPGs, in the, literally in the span of like three years. Uh, so you can't argue with the output. What did you think of uh, I Am Setsuna? Did you ever get to play it? I liked it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a little expensive. Yeah, what it was. I'd agree with that. But, uh... I mean, it, it is what it it is what it said. It's a classic, yeah, RPG, turn-based RPG. And it's like if it had the production production values that kind of set it above sort of the usual like RPG maker thing you'd get if you wanted to scratch that itch. And it was nice to see something like that. But I think to your point though, not enough to rationalize right. what they're asking for it because there are so many games like this out there now that you can get for like nothing. Right, and it's I f- still feel like it hasn't dropped in price acceptably no it really hasn't yeah i I totally agree with that but i will say if you're looking for that old school turn-based jrpg to scratch that itch this should be a great game to do that i am setsuna was great for that the other thing i would say too is that i am setsuna was short Mm -hmm. compared to most games in that genre um and based upon how long it took them to create this one i wouldn't be surprised if this one is it much longer than I am yeah that's probably true i mean just i in the end i think i preferred cosmic star heroine which was uh, maybe not as impressive from the production value side, but I think it captured the, it captured what it was homaging better. Yep. Um, but these are pretty cool. Like, I I just I probably won't buy this one full price. I guess would be what I'd say. Yeah, I, I, now that I kind of know what I'm looking at. Yep. Uh, and then the last game from Square Enix is Fear Effect Sedna, mm-hmm. new Fear Effect game, um, old franchise from the PlayStation One era. Yep. There aren't many of those left to revive at this point that are worth reviving. Oh, there's a couple. Yeah. Where, the, where the hell is Colony Wars? Yeah. Jerks. I just take a new Destruction Derby. I'd be all over that. You could probably cool. make, you could make it for cheap and sell it for 15 bucks or whatever. I'd buy it. But uh, Armored Core. I, I'm guessing most of the people watching Game Face ne- have never played a Fear Effect, and maybe some have heard of it. But yeah. uh, Jumping Flash. Yeah. Like, I'll sit here and list PS1 games you should bring back all fucking day. They should bring back. You mean like a franchise like that you would want to see a new game? Do a new one, yeah. Yeah. Remasters aren't going to work so well for the PS1. No, like those, I mean, man, that is, like, you put something from the PS1 era in, and you're just like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Like, it's, it's, like, it's like a Rorschach blot test it's, or something. It's tough. Yeah, so that's Square Enix. As you can see, Square Enix has one of the biggest lineups uh, from any third-party publisher for 2018 as of mm. right now. Uh, here's another one that has a huge lineup. Bandai Namco. This is something I discovered setting up for this show. Bandai Namco is the publisher on Sifted that has the most games. Hmm. Like, total, it, I, period? Right. I was shocked by that. But when you start thinking about it, like, they put it puts out a, put a ton lot of-, of video games. Lots of them are just Naruto this, Dragon Ball that, One Piece this, One Piece that. But the fact of the matter is, it cranks out a lot yeah. of content. A lot of pieces. Yeah. Piece. Uh, and some of them don't take that long, but some of them do. And one that has taken a long time to come out is Ace Combat 7. Mm-hmm. It feels like we've been waiting for this game for way too long at this point. Yeah, um, I'm I mean, wondering it's, if I mean, it's, it's planes. What are you doing? I'm wondering <laughs> if its focus on VR has been one of the things that's really held it back. It could 
Um, although they, it seems that Bandai Namco has kind of downplayed the whole VR thing over the last six well, they months. Did a little bit, but it's like originally it was, I think it was because it was going to have a VR mode. Yeah. And then like based on feedback, they decided to make the whole thing VR uh, capable. Well, that explains it. So that was probably what happened. It was like, uh, like people were like, oh, it's just a mode. I wanted to play the whole thing. And they're like, well, okay. So like, so it sounds like they listened to feedback and said, okay, the campaign will be VR as well. Hopefully, um, as long as it has the goofy cutscenes and story I and everything. wouldn't be Ace Combat. Exactly. Like, I would not want this series to have, like, a oh, really no. good, coherent plot. It just wouldn't be Ace Combat. No, go... They, they, they'd have to go dance with the angels. There's other that. games for that, Matt. We, we don't need that from Ace go Combat. Go play Ace Combat 6 if you haven't, or at least watch the cutscenes on YouTube, because it's one of the most, like, batshit crazy, like... I mean, it's just—it's it, like you just wonder what they were after. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's so weird, and it it's really trying is. to kind of have like this sort of emotional, sort of like like introspective story in places, but it's just—it's like written by someone who's never written anything. It's—it's it's almost it's like they just put in like a Mad Lib or it's something. like the Room almost, where <laughs> yeah. it's like like they, clearly they think like the there's like a running thing where like because there's a there's a country called. Emeria. Yeah, right. Yeah, they fly. That's <laughs> called America because it takes place in, in the Ace Combat world. There's right. a whole different world where this all takes place, <laughs> um, where no one owns plane models. Apparently, <laughs> everyone just sells each other F-16s. All right. that. Um, they all came up with the exact same planes we did, but just right. a different in world. an alternate universe. Yeah, and um, <laughs> so there's a country called a, a, a peace-loving, liberty-loving country called Emeria. Yeah. And they're invaded by what is essentially the Soviet Union, and um, taken. They, they lose the the invasion, like they get taken over, and, and like the the story of the game is about trying to take Ameria back from um, these horrible Soviet people or whatever, and. Um, one the, of the, the Roviet yeah <laughs> and so like there's a lot of scenes of like like the the story is not really told through through the pilots and the plane stuff the story is mostly told by people on the ground refugees and like people who are in the cities being attacked and and one of the enemy one of the soviet equivalent uh like commandants or whatever who like does isn't, isn't he used to be an ace pilot but he got get hurt and so he can't fly anymore but he like he knows it's wrong. This is a weird world in which you can basically take over a country with in just air power. Yeah, but like you don't actually need to like send in the tanks. You need or like five F infantry. Like you're good. Yeah. Like for those who don't know, you cannot hold a location without infantry. Like that is, <laughs> you need people on the ground to do that. Yeah. But so they take over and like they sort of move their guys in to sort of start running the country and like. So, uh, but like people keep you know the Americans are like you know refuse to be like kept down and like there's a running gag where like. It's not supposed to be a gag. It's supposed to be touching or like inspiring, but it's like that the Amerians have this their their standard phrase for when like they want to tell you to fuck off is go dance with the angels, mister. <laughs> and so like there's all these things where people are saying that and like the one of the big like like triumphant moments is when you when one of the pilots says that to the other enemy pilot and you're just like this does not have the weight that you think it does. <laughs> game like this is. I not... mean, that's that the plot from those games in a nutshell, isn't right? It? It's just, a, but it's just amazing. And like, I think it was Ace Combat Five like had that that puddle of mud song, blurry yeah, as their yeah. main theme for reasons no one has ever been able to adequately explain. And there's this whole thing where there's the Rosgris Squadron, which is like based on a legend of a demon in the same universe. And there's like a period early on in the game where it, it seems like the pilots on your side are like theorizing as to whether the enemy Rosgris squadron might actually be demons. <laughs> but then later it's clear that they don't think that, but it's like the translation was so weird that there's a period where 
everybody's just standing around telling each other demon legends for like a, a couple of levels. Yeah. They're so strange, and I love them to death, and I can't wait for Ace Combat 7. Uh, next up, Code Vein. The closest thing you're probably going to get to a new Souls game yeah. in uh, 2018. Basically, anime cross yeah. is with... Is there any kind of like... Cross with, it's really closer to Bloodborne than it is Souls. A little bit. I mean, is there any kind of indication of where, when in the schedule this is? Or is this this year? Code Vein? Yeah. Let me take a quick Is there look. a release date for this yet? Um, I don't think there's an official one, but I can look real quick. Uh, Code Vein... Nope, just 2018. Just 2018. Yeah, no hard date yet. But it is this year. Um, and it should be. They've put out tons of gameplay, tons mm-hmm. of trailers. At this point, it's coming down the home stretch as far as this marketing plan is concerned. Are you excited for this, Matt? Are you going to play it? I am not particularly excited for it, but I probably will play it. <laughs> Why are you not excited for it? Because it's, it's anime. It is kind of the faster pace. Anime vampire crap, and that's always stupid. Yeah. Like, I like Vampire Hunter D. Yeah. That's one of the first anime I ever really enjoyed. This ain't Vampire Hunter D, though. Yeah. This is, this is like, this is more like, I don't know, Blood the Last Vampire or some kind of like, you know, I don't know. This is going to be very hard for me. It's going to be weird with the bad dubbing and kind of just, I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be fun to play that to enough that I can ignore the, the art style and the setting. I bet this game does pretty well, though. I don't know. I like, think they put that dog whistle out there with the Souls of, but I, thing. I think the Souls fans are not anime fans to a large degree. I don't think it'll do tremendously well. But it might scratch the Bloodborne itch for people. I think it absolutely um, will. We'll see. I, it's not something I'm... You know, and, and the other thing, of course, is uh, Souls fans, myself included, are extremely skeptical of anyone else trying to do the Souls thing. Yeah. Um that isn't from software. I mean, even like, I mean, even from software itself, like, you know, there's an acknowledged A team and a B team internally there. Um, So the idea that someone else is trying to do that, like it raises your curiosity, but the skepticism's there too. Uh, And if it's good, I think it will be acknowledged as such, but uh, that's a tall order. These, These games are hard to get right. It is coming from the same publisher. That doesn't mean anything. Bandai Namco should know. No, that doesn't mean anything. You don't think? No, I don't think it has any any relevance that they're being published by the same people. Like they don't. It's it's too it's too. The reason the, the Souls games work is too ground into the DNA. Like it doesn't matter. Like like they they'll know what it's supposed to look like maybe, but I don't it, how it feels. That's a different story. And they or may maybe they're consulting with From on it though. I don't think they would be. Like it, I, I just as far as anyone can tell, this is just sort of we're making it. We're gonna try to make you think it's a Souls game. And hopefully enough people buy buy into it to before they anybody hears about. It. I mean, it's not impossible to make a good Souls alike really without not. being from. I mean, the Surge was was entirely adequate yeah. for what it was. Yeah. Um, and it was a totally different setting. It was a sci-fi one, which I thought was you know set it apart. And it was way better than that same team's first game on on the on the subject, which was Lords of the Fallen. Uh, that with well, that sequel still didn't come out. I noticed. Yeah, it hasn't. Good. Yeah. Um, so no. So I'm, my skeptic, my skeptic alarm is very heightened on this game. But you know, I'm always on the lookout for another Souls game. Uh, the question is, can anybody you know get it? Also, what the hell is From Software doing? You know, they did. They gave us that tease at the Game Awards. Who knows? You know, who knows what they got in the in the back pocket? I mean, it looks like Bloodborne too. I mean, most Maybe. people, I think. Or feel Tenchu. that that's what it is, or Tenchu, but that does the tone of that doesn't match Tenchu to me. No, but you can, unless they're going to just flip it all around. And, I mean, they could. I mean, it's not like it's not like Tenchu, you know, 
I don't think Tenchu purists are <laughs> numerous, such numerous enough to, to really <laughs> worry about offending. But like, because yeah. um, look, if this if Code Vein came out like alongside uh, Dark Souls Remastered, uh, game over. Like I'm playing Dark Souls Remastered if I got the itch to play a Dark Souls game. If this comes out later in the year and there's nothing equivalent to it, I think it might have a pretty good shot. Uh, next up, Naruto to Baruto, Shinobi Striker. One your your favorite genre, the arena the arena battler. Yeah. Online I think six players at a time battling it out. I'm sure this trailer will tell us exactly how many players are in it. Sure. Um Oh, Code Vein, by the way, is also coming out for PC. It's PC, PS4, mm-hmm. and Xbox One. Uh this game, same, PC, PS4, Xbox One. Um I'm sure there are enough people out there who still love Naruto that this game will do well enough that we'll end up seeing five or six sequels to it before yeah. it's all said and done. Oh, it's four on four. So eight eight people battle at once. I mean, it is at least something unique for Naruto. But do you care about Naruto, Matt? Are you no, a Naruto fan? I'm too old for Naruto. I was, yeah. yeah. Everybody only cares about the shonen anime that was around when they were a child. Really. That's pretty accurate, actually. That's usually how so, it works. You give me a Robotech game and we'll talk. <laughs> Uh, next up, God Eater 3. Uh, smartly, yeah. this game won't be coming out until later in the year after Monster Hunter World has kind of made the rounds and everybody has I mean, gotten sick I mean, of it. Code Vein is the God Eater team. So, right. I mean, that's kind of more what I'm expecting from that game is sort of God Eater with a stamina bar that's more unforgiving. You know? <laughs> gotcha. Uh, God Eater 3 is the first God Eater game built from the ground up for Generation 8. So up to all this time, it's just been doing ports and... Mm-hmm. Typically, the series has really been a handheld series. Yeah. It's been yeah. big on PSP and Vita in the past. I don't think there's been a 3DS version, though, has there? Mm, there is. I don't remember it. Yeah, I don't remember it either. So I'm surprised they haven't announced one of these already for Switch, because obviously Switch is the perfect platform for them to port that again, one of the old ones, over to it. Uh, but this is the first one built specifically for this generation of consoles. Um, it's not just a port from a handheld version over to a console. So... Um, again, it's coming out later in the year. May give it a little bit of a window after Monster Hunter World. I, I honestly think Monster Hunter World is going to be huge. I think it's going to sell really, really freaking well. Um, so maybe people are burned. So it could be one of two ways. People could either be burned out on this type of game by the time this comes out, or they could be finished with Monster Hunter World and be so jacked to play more of it that they jump on God Eater 3. I mean, that kind of depends on the support for Monster Hunter World, but like Monster Hunter in... The successful monster hunters in the past have really retained their audience for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. So, Talk about a game with legs. I think, I think God Eater has its work cut out for it, coming out the same year as that. As I think monster the expectations World. are different, too. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, that still looks... If you told me that was ported from a handheld, I'd probably believe you. Yeah. <laughs> it, do, it, it doesn't look... It's, it doesn't look as good as Monster Hunter World. No, it definitely doesn't. Yeah, it, that's we haven't shown much of it yet either. So that was like the first trailer that we just saw there, mm-hmm. and that we got that like a year ago. So uh, next up, Soul Calibur Six. That was just announced right before we left for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, like right before we left, we talked about that a good bit recently. Um, I don't think there's a release date for this yet. No, I think it's just still 2018. Let me take a look, just in case. Assuming it even makes that. Oh, here's one thing, folks. Our beer, our uh, release dates on Sifted are really accurate. So if you guys ever want to check a date, uh, we take great care to uh, make sure that they're up to date. Yeah, and it's just still a generic 2018. So I'm guessing Q4, probably late yeah, summer, I would, I would Q4. Think. 
Um, since we first talked about it, a lot of gameplay and stuff has come out for it. Mm -hmm. um, they've been promoting it a good bit, so it does look like it's pretty far along. Yeah, I would, I would think Q3, Q4 is reasonable. I don't, I, I don't think this will slip to next year. It feels like, you know, and also like Bandai Namco is pretty good about hitting its targets. Nino Kuni too, obviously. Yeah, but that's a that's a different beast. Maybe. Which actually segues nicely because that's what we're talking about next. Uh, Soul Calibur Six, by the way, is PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Mm. Uh, Nino Kuni 2, PS4 and PC only. No Xbox One for that. Yeah. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, there's no, there's no Xboxes in Japan. <laughs> uh, yeah, and in a Studio Ghibli, so I could see where maybe they'd It's actually back. not, turns out. Like, there is no involvement with Studio Ghibli. Really? Because uh, there was in the first one. Yeah. They're just sort of aping the style. Wow. They do well, have they've the same, done a damn good job. Well, they have the it. same character designer oh, as, okay. as the last one, but it is not a Studio Ghibli co-production. And obviously, you're one of your most anticipated games of, yeah. of the year. So you're all over this. I'm all over it, too. It looks freaking awesome. I also like the different gameplay styles. There's kind of like a little mm -hmm. bit of a Pikmin element in the game. Yeah, well, and also there's a thing kind of like where you're kind of building, a, I think you're building like a town or like a yeah, country yeah. or a kingdom or something. Yeah. And I like that stuff. I, 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 part of me, you know, there's, there's part of me that has just always been searching for a replacement for the... Uh, the Dark Cloud games, like since uh, since <laughs> those, those games are weird. Dark Cloud Two, I loved. Weirdest Dark Cloud art 2. style ever. Weird art style, and also like weird Dark Cloud Two, where you're, where you're building all the you're building all the the towns and the villages. It was like kind of a part of the, you know, it was kind of an act raiser thing, I guess. Well, it, I mean, that was in the first one too, though. Yeah, but it was yeah. way better in the second. Oh one. yeah, yeah. Um, so like the fact that this has that kind of thing in it, it like, makes me even more interested. The art, I mean, it's. Some of oh, the yeah. best art in, in the industry, without and, a doubt. Uh, I mean, also not to discount uh, how many hours I played uh, My Life as a King yeah. on the Wii, which is... Uh, that, 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 My Life as a King, I don't know, that, was a, that was a WiiWare game. Uh, some people count it as a Final Fantasy game, oddly enough. But uh, I remember I played that so much. It, there was a moment at work at G4 when someone mentioned it and like five or six people kind of finally like kind of came out as my life as a king addict like where it's like, it's like oh yeah I, play, like, where I, I think jess reed started it but it was like i was like oh yeah i played like 60 hours of that game i was like oh yeah i, I, I didn't want to tell anyone because it seems so stupid but i've been playing this game forever and uh there's you know i love that kind of like you know you give me an rpg but you also give me like a little like kind of city building sim like uh act razor act razor really did a number on me it's something i, I always like to see uh, so we're both all over Nino Kuni okay. too. It's it's done really well on the site as well. Like it's one of those uh, one of those games that no matter how much media comes out, when a new piece of media does come out, a lot of people watch it. So it's tracking really well. Hopefully, it yeah. translates into sales. I will miss Drippy, um, the Welsh uh, kind of monster that yeah. helped you along. In the first, it was, it was like it was like having an adventure in an RPG with uh, Marcus Beer along. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know Marcus. That's one of his favorite games. Oh yeah. He loves Nino Kuni. Which Tidy. strikes me as completely bizarre. Knowing him and knowing the games that he typically plays and likes, it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> and it probably is because of... It helps that you have a Welsh monster helping absolutely. you. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, then the last game from Bandai Namco that's announced for... Actually, that's not true. We did cut some of Bandai Namco's because there are so many games coming. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are like mobile games and whatnot. We had to call these down a little bit. Uh, the last one we're going to talk about is Dragon Ball Fighters. That's coming out in just a couple weeks. Fighters... Fighters, awesome looking 2D fighting game, 
Dra- I hate, I don't give a crap about Dragon Ball. Yeah, I really I, don't I hate Dragon Ball. Yeah, look, I know this looks amazing. I know there's lots of uh, lots of people on Sifted and lots lots of gamers in general that love Dragon Ball. I per- personally don't care about it at all. Um, I'm t- I was too old for Dragon Ball. I I by the time it aired in America, um, I did watch the whole thing because I worked in a game store at the time in the late '90s, and the owner the it was it was owned by a guy who also owned a record store on the same property, and when it was his grandchildren loved to watch Dragon Ball, and so he would send them into our store in the back of the parking lot to watch Dragon Ball because he couldn't tolerate it. Yeah. Like he, he was just like, I don't want to watch that crap. You guys deal with it. So, like, so I've seen pretty much all of Dragon Ball Z. Um, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it either, but I get this game. Oh, yeah. This game this looks, looks really freaking cool. awesome, man. I am loving this game. Just silky, smooth animation. There's a lot of questions. And there's a lot of question of, like, um, will this game basically supplant uh, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite as like the kind of the tag battle. I've pull a, I played preferred. both of them. I believe this was my fighting best fighting game of E3 yeah. if I remember correctly. I played both of them at E3. I thought this game was far better, far more engaging, far deeper and far more challenging. Yeah, well the question comes down to who's got the bigger prize pool and you know will will Bandai Namco be into promoting this in that regard versus right. like, you know, Capcom's going to make fetch happen whether you like it or not yeah. and uh i'm just i'm curious to see bandai namco's support of this game in the tournament scene because i think it could be a big deal and the the, the audience is there and the the you know the, the fighting game community seems pretty ready to adopt this game immediately so uh hopefully they'll exploit that and uh, kind of make it a, a new a new staple of the the 2018 tournament tournament scene i'd like to see that this game has fighting game of the year written all over it right now um, I also should add that today, it was very interesting, Ed Boon uh, went on Twitter and thanked me and Sifted for giving Injustice 2 Fighting Game of the Year for last mm-hmm. year. Uh, it's pretty interesting to see people are watching. It's also very interesting when someone with that many followers <laughs> tweets at you. I, literally, I woke up today and I had like 500 notifications on Twitter. I was like, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> like somebody hacked our website and put like porn on the homepage, like... All these fears just shot through my mind like a mil- like so quickly. And then when I finally got to it, I was like, oh my gosh, okay. It's something good. Thank mm. God it was something good. So that was nice. Uh, Ed, thank you very much and well-deserved. But no, there's no injustice this year. And so I think this game is kind of setting itself up to uh, certainly at least be one of the nominees mm-hmm. for Fighting Game of the Year. So excited for that one. Let's move on to Capcom. Not a whole lot coming from Capcom that's announced right now. Yeah. That's kind of its MO anymore. It just doesn't release a lot of games. No, like there's a lot of, you know, there's like Street Fighter anniversaries. You have the 30th anniversary collection. There's the Street Fighter V Arcade Edition or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of iteration happening. Not a lot of brand new stuff. Yeah. Um, And very little announced. Uh, I probably should have actually included Capcom in the the scraps at the end of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we are going to talk about it. We already talked about Monster Hunter World. Uh, that's coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One um, in a week and a half, two weeks. End of the month. I think it's around the same time as... Uh, yeah, there's a few good games coming out at the end of the month. Yeah. Um, are you going to buy it? Are you going to play it? Um, I'll probably play it because we're going to talk about it. If I wasn't on this show, I probably wouldn't. Really? I've never been a Monster Hunter fan. I, uh, I play one every few years. 
Mm. It seems is how it works out. And that's... Because I, once I start playing one, I play it for like 100 plus hours. I've given it a try a few times. I think the last time I actually did play play one, try to get into one, was Monster Hunter Try. No, that's okay. the last one I played and I on the Wii. And I played it for over 100 hours and then quit. And I have not touched uh, Monster Hunter since. And the timing is perfectly for this. And this game is looking awesome. It was uh, one of my most pleasant surprise games at E3. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting to see it and play it up close. Uh, I was pretty shocked at how high quality it was. Not only that, but how it felt and looked a lot different from prior Monster Hunter games. Mm. I felt like the Monster Hunter franchise had kind of fallen into this rut. And it kind of had stayed there for years and years. And they had no reason to kind of get out of it because Japan just keeps lapping it up. And uh, I feel like for Bandai Namco to make the, the game as big a hit here as it is in Japan, relatively speaking. Because it probably still does sell more here just because of the size of the market. But if they want to scale up in the West and sell percentage-wise what they sell in Japan, they needed to make some changes, and I feel like they have made those changes for this one. It's still Monster Hunter, don't get me wrong. But the combat doesn't feel as clunky. Uh, It's a lot more flexible than it used to be. Mm. Um, I'm pretty excited for it. I feel like this is going to be kind of the, the game from Q1 that I end up spending a lot of time talking about throughout the year and i keep going back to reference that tends to happen when you spend a lot of time playing a game you end up going back and referencing it and comparing it to games on through the year and i think this is going to be one of those for me so i'm pretty excited for that devil may cry 5 matt is going to happen i don't think there's a question that it exists it's just a matter of when well it sounds like it's done didn't he just say that he just finished a game that he hasn't even announced yet maybe yeah i think uh yeah there was a story i mean it certainly would explain why they're putting the collection out yeah, there was a story, like, last week. Let me see if I can dig it up. And that collection is needed, by the way, because the PC versions of those games are all... Yeah, awful. video game director says his game is nearly done, but is it Devil May Cry 5? So, yeah, the, the word on the street right now is that he has finished a game that hasn't been announced. What is it? Well, it's probably Devil May Cry 5. So, it could be a case where we not only do we get it this year, we get it pretty soon. Mm. Um, and Capcom could use it. I mean, Resident Evil 7 sold okay. I'm guessing it did not sell anywhere near up to Capcom's expectations, though. Probably not. I mean, I wouldn't expect Devil May Cry 5 to sell tremendous either. No, but, I mean, they need revenue in any way, shape, or form at this point. I mean, how many more times can you repackage Street Fighter 5? Like... Oh, don't challenge them. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> challenge them. <laughs> I mean, now we're getting the that arcade. That was not a dare, Capcom. Yeah, yeah. Don't... <laughs> Don't get any ideas. Now we're getting the arcade edition, like, which actually kind of sounds cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Capcom is just not... It's crazy to think about last generation compared to this generation. And even compare last generation to the one before that, it has just been this kind of steady decline for Capcom yeah. over the last 10 to 15 years. Well, kind of like there was that sort of this, like, optimism they had of, like, oh, we're going to turn the fighting games into kind of a games-as-a-service thing, and then they just kept screwing it up. Yeah. And Marvel... I would never have believed how poorly Marvel vs. Capcom was received. Uh, just... They did everything you could possibly imagine wrong there. Like, this... They didn't, I still they had fun playing it, I had but... fun playing it, okay, but it's like, they didn't treat it with respect. They didn't... They, they weren't careful with how they presented it. They, they... I don't think they gave it the budget it needed... Um, it was it, it felt like a cheap, quick cash in game, and Mar- you know Marvel vs. Capcom has much. I mean, it's it's a fun game. It's a it's a crazy game. It's a it's a light kind of like don't take it too seriously game in a lot of ways. But 
there was no respect shown to the to the the legacy of that you know that franchise and you know like people just weren't 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 buying it another and, bomb i mean it bombed yeah. pretty much and like i look you know as much i did enjoy playing it to some degree but it's like i can't blame the people that just walked away from it and it's going to be interesting to watch sort of the esports scene over the next year as capcom tries to impose its will and tries to get that game into mm-hmm. evo and all these other competitions i mean it'll get in there because they're going to pay for there to be a prize that makes it worth people's while to play it. Yeah. But, like, that doesn't mean, you know, these these entries aren't chosen organically by the community. They're chosen by the, you know, the money the players can win. And, you know, if you're a big comp- company like Capcom, you can manipulate that. Can it? It's yeah. had some rough years here, man. It's still got, it's still got enough to throw a $100,000 prize package yeah. behind, a, you know, an Evo yeah. tournament. Yeah. Like, it's it's... It'll be there. It's not going to save it, though. No. And I will say that, like, high-level play on that game is pretty fun to watch still. I think that game is one of the most fun fighting games to watch, Mm -hmm. period. Just that franchise in general. I think a lot of it has to do with the characters and the history that you have with them and how they resonate with you and that sort of thing. But just visually, it is very interesting to watch. Uh, And I think the average player can watch someone else play it and still appreciate it, even if they don't get the intricacies of it. Yeah. I've been having trouble with that with the Overwatch League this week. Oh, really? I don't understand what the hell I'm looking at. I don't at either, dude. I mean, I've tried to watch Overwatch esports a bunch of times, and it just turns into this. Yeah, I don't. I, I just glaze. I give Blizzard a lot of credit for like doing stuff in the physical game that makes it conducive to to broadcast stuff, like me you know, giving everybody colors and yeah. team colors and stuff and all that. Just having a city yeah. as the team instead of just some generic that, like yeah. product. Like or I appreciate what they're after there, but I watch that and I'm just like, I do not understand what's important, what isn't, what's happening. I mean, I just don't play it enough to know. And it goes so fast. It's yeah. like, I can't even keep up. It's one of the times I watch esports and I'm like, I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last from Capcom, and that's only three games, and one of them we're counting on coming, Mega Man 11. Uh, which we talked about at the mm-hmm. end of the year. We're both pretty happy with, excited about. Um, I will say this. I, when I was on Colin Moriarty's podcast, uh, he is like the world's biggest Mega Man fan. I did not know that about him, but he made it blatantly clear that he is a big-time Mega Man guy. He is not particularly enthused for this game. No, I, I think most really hardline Mega Man fans don't seem to be too They don't like the art style. This. No. I love it. I, I think like it, it looks great. But... I mean, I was also a fan of the kind of, you know, I, I always wanted to see the series kind of move forward into kind of this this more, you know, detailed, fluid 2D art style. Uh, I mean, I get that people don't like the kind of the 3DS 2D thing. Like, I, I understand that. Um, I would prefer, I, I mean, in 32-bit era, I was blown away, I remember, by uh, Mega Man 8. Because Mega Man 8 had the cell, sh- the yeah. cell animation. And it was not great, really. But, like, it was just, it was like... It was different. The game For taken, that time, it was different. That game taken to its logical extreme at the edge of the hardware you could make at the time. Uh, and, you know, lo- bad localization and weird weird uh, dubbing aside, like, I thought that was, like, you know, where I, where this was going to go. And, you know, I'd prefer to see kind of, you know, the, the technology and art, art style kind of push forward rather than just sitting in that 8-bit zone forever. Because, like, we already did two of those. Like, try it again, you know. Show Mighty Number no. 9 how it's done. Yeah. Um, and that's it for Capcom. That is it. Three games right now announced for 2018. So, hmm. oh, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, next up is Sega, and this is the last publisher that kind of has its own category. The one thing I would no- note about Sega, Matt, is that Sega is one of the few publishers left that kind of, like, only publishes exclusives for platforms. Mm. If you look at this list, 
There's only one game on this list that's for multiple platforms out of like six or seven, which is kind of crazy to think about. So first up, Shimagami Tensei Five. We actually talked about that last week um, because we had we needed to get as much stuff as we could for, for Switch. Switch yeah. uh, but it is a Switch exclusive. Uh, we're not going to burn too much time on that, obviously, because we discussed it at length last week. Um, but yeah, exclusive to Switch, which is crazy. Um, Yakuza Six that's coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's PS4 exclusive. Yep. And that is the first one built for the PS4 only. Yep. Um, is Yakuza 7 coming out this year in Japan? Is um, that right? I don't think anybody knows for sure. Like, there's another Yakuza coming, uh, but it's not. it may not be called 7. Well, they did that big stream um, that showed off, yeah. and they have, like, the free-to-play, like... There's a free-to-play mobile thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, the series will probably continue, but it won't be about Kazuma Kiryu anymore. Um, and I think they teased like a guy that might be the replacement main character who looked coolish or something. Ish. <laughs> um, it's hard to say, like you know, because six is supposed, to, you know, six wraps a lot of stuff up, and Yakuza, as it conti- if it continues, is going to have to reinvent itself to some degree. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if we see it in Japan, another Yakuza, because clearly they're doing great over there. <laughs> they just keep cranking them uh, out. And uh, we're getting six sometime this year, and hopefully we get an announcement for Kiwami 2, uh, getting a Western release. Uh, That's maybe. a done deal, I think. Yeah, and uh, it's, a good, <clears throat> it's a good time to be a Yakuza fan. Yeah, it's just a flood of Yakuza. It's I think, really well, yeah, crazy. We get six, six coming out, and you get uh, a Western release of Kiwami 2, and you basically got the entire Yakuza, uh, basically the entire Yakuza story playable on modern consoles. Like, you, yeah. get, you, you know, you just have to get, had to get one and two off of, you know, off of PlayStation 2. Because those games haven't aged too well. Yeah. And um, you know now you've got a mo- you know everything is kind of, you know everything is uh, has like a modern take on it. You know one and two have been remade with kind of the modern sensibility and sort of what what Yakuza sort of finally you know finally evolved into. And at this point, your most primitive one is probably Yakuza three on the PS3, um, but it still holds up. I wouldn't mind seeing them do a, a redo of Yakuza three in the West that. Uh, Includes all the cut content that they cut out in uh, in the Western version because they got out they cut out all the hostess stuff they cut out all the the mahjong and all that kind of stuff they thought people wouldn't care about in the West but uh, the fan base was like uh, screw you we want the whole thing yeah and so they have put everything anything that was in the Japanese version since then has made it to U.S. shores in the Western version. So it wouldn't surprise me to maybe one day see them redo three and bring that over. But I feel like. Whatever is next for Yakuza, um, I can't tell you. Like nobody, I don't think anybody knows yet. But uh, whatever it is, I will play it. Not uh, the mobile game, but I will. I'll play the, the console stuff. Yep. Uh, next up, Total War: Thrones of Britannia. Uh, we're gonna actually. There's another. <laughs> there's another Total War game that was just announced yesterday. That is actually our spoiler trailer of the week this week. So I'm not gonna talk about that in this section. Um, but Total War: Thrones of Britannia essentially. You're trying to stave off a Viking invasion in this one. I'm just wondering. A common problem back then. Yeah. First of all, Creative Assembly, man. How can they just keep cranking out these RTS games? That's what they do. I mean, how big is that studio, though? Because it's creating this and the other one that we're going to show later on. I mean, some of it's. I mean, to some degree, it's like once you've got that engine in place, it's just sort of mod making, right? I guess. But they look so. Their games look so good, though. It's like. They don't look like cut and paste games. Right. I just I think they just they just do one thing and they know how to do it and they know how to do it well and fast. I guess. 
Uh, obviously, this is PC only. Right. Um, so again, another Sega game that's only for one platform. Uh, up next, Valkyria Chronicles 4. Mm. Strategy RPG. This one's actually kind of going back to the roots of the franchise, which I think a lot of fans will be good. happy about. It's kind of yeah. splintered off a little bit in the last yeah, couple of years. Two and entries. three were not great. Yeah. The uh, first one, I, I remember when we were at GT and uh, Damiani was playing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was one of those games that came in that nobody really wanted to play. And uh, I just kind of schluffed it off on him. I'm like, you're playing this, Mike. And he's like, okay, I'll check it out. And within like four hours of him starting to play, suddenly everyone was gathered around him while he was playing it. It's really, the first game is really, really good. In fact, it's one guy I know, one person I know, uh, it's, it's, it's his favorite game of all time. I can see that. Um, it's a very distinctive, very unique yeah, game. It's solid. Uh, if you haven't played it, you should. And you can probably um, get it for ten bucks or whatever. Two and then two and three, I think, were just handheld games or yeah. PSP or Vita. And um, like the second one was more like a it was a it was a prequel, and it took place at like a like a training academy or something. Yeah. And like it was all it wasn't like a big war story. It was more like like little individual bite sized missions, and it didn't it wasn't the same thing. And this is, seems to be this go, is going back to kind of the battlefield. Sort of more fire. I mean, it was more Fire Emblem with a real-time element to it, because like you move your. It's a turn-based strategy game, but you move your characters around in real time like this. Like you've got a, you've basically got a an, a, a a set area you can move around in, the equivalent of having a turn-based game where you have like a certain number of squares you can move, and when you get there, you basically you know fire in real time your your gun off, and uh, there's tanks. And it's, it was it was the first game had kind of a World War One ish sort of sensibility this one seems to be going even more fantastical with it it also reminds me a little bit of like a 3d advance wars a little bit a little bit i mean it's 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 got its own idea the first one at least had its own identity and there wasn't really anything else like it and it's nice to see them kind of finally acknowledging that and going back to what made the first one a big cult hit also digging the art style in this yeah it's like it looks like everything's like hand colored yeah the way that they, they like this is, there. is a kind of a like a sketch yeah look to look it, to it. Yeah, I'm digging um, it. Yeah, if you haven't played like the remastered first one, uh, give it a shot. Like next time it's on sale or something. And this is the only multi-platform game from Sega mm -hmm. that we're talking about today. This is coming for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Uh, Xbox One, that's a surprise. And Switch. Oh, Switch. Okay. Yep. Uh, next up is a game that was also just announced yesterday. Sega's on a run lately. Who announces a bunch of games in January? Sega. Sega. <laughs> it's called Border Break, and Matt. This game is under development by AM2. Wow. They live. Like, there's, I thought that studio was just gone. There's a name I've gone. not heard in a long time. Seriously, man. I thought AM2 was just dead. When I saw this trailer popping up in the feed yesterday, I'm like, oh, what's that? It was like half in Japanese. I'm like, oh, I'll watch it. Because sometimes I, when I'm curating, I'll just watch all the Japanese stuff. Because I need stuff for Gaif. For, like, the bumpers. Can giving the female mech pilots pants, Japan? <laughs> yeah. like, can I just ask for pants for yeah. Christmas for these people? Um, but I watched it and I was like, oh, wow, AM2 is like the first thing that popped up. And I was like, that their logo with like the palm tree, which makes no mm -hmm. sense whatsoever. It's so <laughs> awesome. I remember in Fighters Megamix when the palm tree was a playable fighter. Right, right. Yeah, which along is great. With, along with a Daytona USA car and a chunk of meat. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a PS4 exclusive. It is a free-to-play online mech battle game. Um, got a little taste of Titanfall in it. Uh, but it's a third-person game, mm -hmm. so it's basically, it's like Virtual On, really. But doesn't Sega already own Virtual On? Yeah. So, I, I don't know why Virtual it's... On is busy being in a crossover game with a certain magical index. Yeah. 
which is another one I don't feel like trying to explain. I think this game was also an arcade game from that like sounds, 2008 yeah. or something like that. Could that. Be. I've heard the name before. Yeah. Um, it looks pretty freaking cool. Obviously, there's a lot of anime involved in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on in this trailer, actually, maybe, Sam, you can skip forward a little bit so people can see some of the gameplay. But it's mechs. Yeah, here we go. So here, here you can actually see some of the some of the game. It's a little bit of a, a little bit of Gundam versus kind of armored core. Yeah, thing going on a here. little bit, and a little bit of virtual. On you got the dash and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's free to play. It's going to cost nothing, which makes you nervous about the whole microtransaction thing and how that's going to work. But it's PS4 exclusive. Um, Although Japan tends to make it pretty much just buy weird costumes. No, you're right. Yeah, they're usually just stick to cosmetics, so it should be okay. Uh, no word on release date yet, but there is a closed beta coming up pretty soon. Not sure if that's open to people from the West. It's not been confirmed for release in the West yet either. Mm-hmm. But with the way Sega's been going, I think it's pretty yeah. safe to... Sega don't care. Uh, unless it's Fantasy it Star Online. Then, of course, no way. That's right. a, never going to happen. But uh, I bet you we'll see this stupid thing. <laughs> I don't think... I, don't, I, I feel like you wouldn't dig Fantasy Star Online too that much. No? No. I mean, it is very similar to this in a lot of ways, I guess, but it's... Is it know. Fantasy Star? I mean, no. I mean, I watch my girlfriend play it, and I don't. I wouldn't recognize it as Fantasy really? Star. Really? Okay. It's, I mean, it's. I mean, it's the same kind of like go into areas and play kind of an action RPG, action yeah. shooter thing with it with instances like, or whatever. But I would never look at it and say like, "Oh, that's Fantasy Star." Oh, are there mags? It's kind of. Yeah. I mean, floaty things, I guess. But that's not. That doesn't define Fantasy Star to me. But I'm a I'm a Genesis Fantasy Star fan. Oh right. I want them to just make another Fantasy Star game. I want Fantasy Star Five. That'll about, never happen. I don't care about Fantasy Star Online. I don't think that'll ever happen. So, I don't know. I mean, it's cool. I like Mechs. <laughs> it's free. If you if you put it in front of me, I'll play it. How about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and let's see what's next. Until um, From makes a new freaking Armored Core game. Where the hell is that? I'd like an Armored Core game with the lessons of Dark Souls applied. I'm They've been that. talking about yeah. Armored Core, saying that they haven't forgotten about it. And yeah, I'm sure. It's, so it's possible. But I'm pretty sure that... That's possible. A new Fantasy Star? Probably mm-hmm. not. I'm pretty sure that little teaser they put out is not uh, Armored Core. No. De- <laughs> it's <laughs> very different take on Armored Core. Not. than. You never know, though, in 2018. It could surprise you. Uh, let's see next up. Fist of the North Star. Hmm. So this is being developed by the Yakuza team. Yeah. This is not just some C-level yeah. team that's making this game. This is a, this has some pretty good uh, pedigree to it. And there is a section where you run a hostess club for some reason. There was a trailer where they sh- like he's in like <laughs> because a Because it's made by the like, Yakuza yeah, team. It's, it's basically, yeah, it's very much that's exactly by the Yakuza why. team. This is um, a, essentially a beat-em-up. So is this coming here? Is this actually getting a... No, not announced Western yet. Western release? They don't know yet. But, um, so, still, just Hakuto no Ken at this point. Yeah. I will say one of, my, one of the best memories I ever had from going to Japan was going to a karaoke bar and hearing somebody sing the Fist of the North Star <laughs> theme song in karaoke. It was, uh, it was quite impactful, I guess is the best way to put it. I was like, wow, I never really noticed how awesome that song was until yeah. this guy really got into yeah, it. I mean, I liked it. Here, this, this is my Naruto. Okay. Yeah, I was a kid when this was rentable <laughs> at Blockbuster. This is... The, the original, like, This is your place. guilty pleasure of... Your anime guilty pleasure? Oh, there's a lot of those. But, like, this is one of the ones I would rent over and over at, at uh, Blockbuster. And this one and Vampire Hunter D and yeah. uh, Akira. Yeah. Um, this, is, this, is, this is what we grew up on. Mad, is, Mad yeah. Max with punching. Yep, pretty much. Uh, there's never really been a good Fist of the North Star video game. 
Usually no. they're given to really bad teams and yeah. they're just like a licensed cash in. This one looks like there's actually been some Sometimes they're not even in. called Fist of the North Star. When no, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Still has a little bit of cheese to it, but I don't think it would be a Fist of the North Star game if it didn't have it. So. No, it's, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a property in which you punch a man enough to, until he explodes. It's not, uh, <laughs> we're not here for seriousness. But, yep. uh, and this also is an exclusive. This is a PS4 exclusive. So again, Sega not loving the multi-platform stuff. If it comes here, I will give it a shot because the Yakuza guys, I, I trust the Yakuza team to give me some fun combat. Yep. Absolutely. So now it's time to pick up the scraps of 2018. And basically, we just found publishers that are only putting out a game or two and just put them all into one topic for the end of the show. Uh, Activision, only one known game. Activision slash Blizzard, only mm -hmm. one known game. And, well, Blizzard's uh, got the uh, expansion for World of Warcraft right. coming out. I don't yeah. know if that counts, but... It did not in my book, man. All right. <laughs> Uh, and there are persistent rumors that there's a there's a new Blizzard game this year that we don't know about. Well, that's what Pactor was saying too, because he's like they didn't really put out anything last year, mm -hmm. but they don't have anything announced for this year either. So, but again, they might be in the Take Two situation where they just aren't done counting their money. It's so. possible, and they will never be done counting their money. Yeah, by I the mean, way. they did just put <laughs> out a Hearthstone expansion. That Hearthstone expansion going to bring in some cash. It they got to take some time to count all that. It absolutely will. So we're going to start with Activision. Only one game. We don't know exactly what it is, but I think we do. Uh, this is Treyarch's year for Call of Duty. And so the chances are Call of Duty Black Ops 4, mm -hmm. which doesn't mean that it's tied to any particular era or anything. Black Ops has been the subtitle for, for the last three uh, Treyarch Call of Duty games, and they have spanned all different eras. So we really don't know. It could be World War II, World War I, Vietnam. Nobody knows. Well, Black Ops would probably imply something Cold War or later. Yeah. Um, wouldn't surprise me to see them kind of hit Vietnam era. Um, it could be anything. I mean, as long as it's called Black Ops, I think it's going to be successful. So it doesn't really matter what they do when it comes down to it. I did uh, not like the last Black Ops. And I am a huge fan of the first two Black Ops. Black Ops 3 did not wind my clock at all. Well, I've never liked the Black Ops games. I love Black um, Ops 2. It's probably my favorite Call of Duty. I just never... I don't like the way Treyarch paces stuff. Um, they're, they, they don't know when to make something breathe, uh, in my opinion. So I'm not That's the way excited. this one was. It was literally just... It just started at 11 and just stayed there yeah, for the whole that's game. that's pretty much and how like... Treyarch does it. I like Infinity Wards, or, you know, what used to be Infinity Wards. Yeah. It's kind of thing where they just sort of... They knew when to make it quiet. They knew when to blow things up. They knew when to take take it back. They knew when to crank it up. It was uh, there's a there's a better flow to how they do it. Well, and, Infinite uh, Warfare. I thought the campaign in that was great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, there's like the, the the quieter moments that give punch to the bigger moments. Yeah, uh, you Infinity need War and Valleys to appreciate yeah. both both the highs and the lows. Uh, Call of Duty World War II. I struggled to get through that campaign. In fact, I cannot remember. I mean, Infinite Warfare was the first campaign I had really enjoyed. Since, I think, Black Ops 2. So, mm -hmm. the campaigns have really been hit or miss. Um, I do generally like Treyarch's multiplayer. Uh, the progression system, the tweaks that they that they impart into it. I usually end up liking them a little bit more than the others. Um, but I don't think there's any doubt the next one's going to be... Or maybe it's World at War 2. That's possible. Could be anything, yeah. Because that's the other subtitle that Treyarch operates mm -hmm. under. And with everything going back Could again... Could be Call of Duty 3 too. They made that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, what else? We got Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers has nothing announced for this year. 
No. Except for people are assuming Rocksteady's new game is coming out, and mm-hmm. Rocksteady's Twitter feed has been hinting that, in fact, we will be seeing one, we'll be seeing the game soon, and that two, it shouldn't be that far off once we do see mm-hmm. it. Uh, lots of rumors swirling that it's Superman. Nah. Don't think so? I don't think so. I think it's that Suicide Squad game. That oh, really? That Warner Brothers have been threatening to inflict on us for years. Really? Because remember, Arkham Origins ended with the Suicide right. Squad tease. That's and Suicide right. Squad being the only successful ga- uh, movie in the DC Cinematic Universe before Wonder Woman showed up last year. Yeah. Like, that makes sense to me. As the, and Suicide Squad, while it was not particularly good, did have an impact on the, on the pop culture where you've got everybody dressing as the Joker and Harley Quinn for Halloween. And, like, yeah. they're, you know, they're iconic... Character does, character reinventions, Absolutely. whether you like the movie or not. Um, so that makes sense to me as something that they would try to capitalize on. And I think uh, I don't know if Rocksteady's the one working on that, but like you know, because Montreal was kind of teased as that before. But I think they're absorbed in Shadow of War by now. Um, but if Rock, I, I would not be surprised to see Rocksteady pop up with a Suicide Squad game. If, if, or if, Superman, I don't know. I mean, Superman could happen too, but I feel like. I feel like you're in a weird limbo with Superman right now if you're Warner Brothers because, like, you don't want to base it on the movie one, but you don't want to confuse the issue by doing, like, an unrelated Superman. I think Superman is just a bad video game character. I think he's just a... He's hard to work with because how do you create tension when you have someone who's completely indestructible other than Kryptonite? And the whole Kryptonite Um, thing gets so played out after a while well, the it's idea, like you could make it so i mean the idea is like you could make it so instead of him being the thing under threat it's other things and he has to save because of superman does but then you've just made a game that's basically one giant escort mission right. and nobody likes exactly. that exactly <laughs> so i don't we know. All know about superman 64 obviously i mean i think that i mean it's probably not impossible but i think uh you know batman i mean batman was considered the same thing for a long time until rock city reinvented it it's true uh but i think Superman's a much tougher nut to crack in that Absolutely. in that regard than Batman is because Batman at least is just a dude in a suit. Yep. And yep. Uh, Superman is uh, you have to find a way to limit Superman to you know because otherwise like he's too it's just too open like it's, you know, he can just do anything and he can fly as, through buildings and it's, it's like there's no boundaries and like. as soon as you limit him you're not really playing Superman anymore. No. So what do you do? And then to limit him it's always Kryptonite. So, it's always kryptonite. If you're if you're looking at stuff that has been threatened or, or teased by the previous like Arkham stuff, like I think the Suicide Squad thing makes the most sense because they've had a modicum of success, uh, you know, penetrating mindshare with that it's been movie. Tough for DC, it has. Yeah. And uh, you, you've got kind of a Batman character in the form of Deadpool or Deadpool, uh, the guy that Deadpool's a ripoff of, uh, Deathstroke. Um, and you've got various, you know, you can kind of do a team thing. You maybe do a co-op thing. Um, if you want to, or you can just have. It can also be out. edgy and gritty. Yeah, yeah. which Rocksteady seems to like. Yeah. So that would be where my money would be. Uh, but it could be any. I mean, frankly, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be. Couldn't. Maybe it's not even superhero related. It's Who possible. knows? There's no way to know. What do you want it to be? Oh man! After Arkham Knight, I don't trust those fuckers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like. It's, like, I'd like it to be another Batman game that just doesn't have the Batmobile in it. How about that? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I kind of like to see them do something new. I, I mean, get away from the DC superhero stuff and do something else. Like, I don't know what that would be. But after, like, all these years of working on Batman games, like, I'd kind of like to see Rocksteady set loose. Yeah, I don't yeah. blame him for not wanting to do another like, Batman game. Like Horizon Zero Dawn style. Like, yeah. like, you guys must have something in your heads you wanted to make during all that time. Right. Like, what, what was it? What is it? You yeah, know? let's like, see that, it. that would kind of be my preference. Okay. Uh, next up, 
Bethesda. Also, nothing announced. Right. But Bethesda, I mean, it is the king of, here it is, now buy it, it 60 days later. Three months later, yeah. Like... Yeah. I also wonder, too, if Bethesda's going to start uh, second-guessing its strategy of not setting out review code early. Yeah. It because does... it's had several bombs in a row yeah, now. I mean, I don't know if that's, you know, something to really lay at the feet I don't even know if it's related that. or not, but... But, it, but, you know, at this point, couldn't hurt. Why not change it up? Yeah. Like, I mean, you were, you were doing a lot better, I would say financially before you when you were allowing the press to play your games early yeah it clearly wasn't hurting you it also doesn't so. hurt either that back then they had games like skyrim and oblivion right so i mean i mean i guess the big question is elder scrolls 6 do we see it this year i don't think so no no what do we see then well it was at e3 2016 bethesda went on record mr howard in an interview said that they had not even really begun work on it and so here we are, not even two years later, I just don't see it happening. Mm -hmm. But I mean, look, hey, they've put out amazingly huge games without even announcing them for the last like two years straight. So if there's one publisher that would do something like that, that's probably it. I just wonder, I mean, it's, you know, it's been what, two years since Fallout 4. Bethesda needs Elder Scrolls 6, man. Yeah, they, they it need, needs they to need refill the coffers. I mean... It hasn't had a hit in a while. I mean, there's a lot of there was a lot of talk that that's why Fallout 4 came out when it did, that they needed an infusion, and so that's why I Fallout 4 it. was a little half baked when it came out. Yeah, I would I would totally believe that. I mean, you start looking back across the last three or four games it's released, and these are big bets for Bethesda. Bethesda, by the way, not a publicly publicly held company. Mm -hmm. It is a privately held company. Um, so the, they take the losses maybe a little bit harder than yeah. you would if you have all these stockholders and all this equity in your company. But at the same time, they have a little more freedom control. to decide what to do with it. Absolutely. With that scenario. Yeah, so. absolutely. They have more control and you know they know their finances better than anyone and they can ultimately make the decision that's going to make the company thrive or nosedive. Um, but they do need like a new yeah. Elder Scrolls man. I mean, like, I would really like to see... Elder Scrolls Six. So would I make it? I would be really I, excited. Uh, about it's been that. a long time since Skyrim. I miss that world. They, they miss... can't port Skyrim again. They can't. No. At this point, it's out for VR. It's out for Switch. There's no no nook or cranny of the industry left for Skyrim to go. Skyrim Mobile. It. I mean, <laughs> that's all this. I mean, yeah. isn't that what Switch really is? I mean, I, I look at Switch as like a mobile platform, and I think earlier I even called it like a portable instead of a handheld. But I don't know. I, I feel like you're right. Like, it should be coming out this year. How long has it been since Skyrim? What year did it come out? 2000... 2011. 2011? So that's seven <laughs> years ago. <laughs> wow. Okay, so maybe it is coming this year, man. Like, maybe Todd Howard just talking at his butt. But it, you would think... I mean, they should have started the next one as soon as they finished Skyrim. Well, they probably did. Like, I mean, when he says we didn't haven't started it yet, maybe just it means we haven't started like our development in earnest. But I can't believe that they haven't had people drawing concept art. I remember when I read you know? that quote, my jaw dropped. I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is your cash cow!" And look, even in 2016, you weren't like pushing it out the door. That was five years. Mm -hmm. Like now we're at seven or eight. It's hard to imagine that it wouldn't at least be shown this year. And more likely come out this year. It's going to be a smash hit. I mean, I don't know what else they would have for the end of the year. I, I don't either. But we didn't know the year before that and the year before that. Now right. comes Fallout. Out comes Prey. Out comes all those other games that didn't do well. So Doom? Doom? Another Doom, maybe? No. I don't think so. It's Seems only been soon. a year. 
And they just got done with the Switch version, which was obviously done out of house and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I just it just feels like they got to go back to the well here. They, they should. They need a hit. I'm okay with that. Go to that well. Go to that Elder Scrolls well. No one's going to complain. You can't anchor a totally schedule fine. on Wet 2. No. <laughs> I'll never get tired. There of Battle that Cry. Out. Remember that one that they pumped really hard and just oh, basically got wow. canceled? Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. I found it. I was cleaning out the TriCaster the other day, and I found B-roll of that game. And I was like, yeah, holy crap. It's like, it like an Overwatch-style thing. Like yeah. a character action. Yeah. yeah. I was like, holy wow. crap. That game just got canceled, I guess. Just gone. Yeah, it just vanished. Yep. Uh, the last publisher... If I had a drum roll or a drum here, I'd, I'd play a drum roll. It's Koei Tecmo. Um, I am really hoping for a new Ninja Gaiden. Obviously, as a big fan of the franchise, mm -hmm. it's been plenty of time. Neo, I felt like, circumvented the next Ninja Gaiden. Maybe that's what Team Ninja needed, was time working on something else to get a new perspective on Ninja Gaiden. But I am hoping, at the very least, one is announced this year. Whether it comes out this year or not, highly doubtful. I really mm -hmm. don't think that's going to happen. What we do know about Koei Tecmo is Dynasty Warriors 9 coming out very soon. Mm. Uh, obviously with the brand new open world design, which obviously worked well for Zelda. I don't know if it'll work quite as well for a hack and slash like Dynasty the, Warriors. I don't really know what the difference would be. Um, unless I don't either. They're, unless they're Other really, than it just gets rid of the loading. I get Or unless they're like really doubling down on kind of the territory control like kind of thing. Or like, you know, like... Which could be kind of cool. Like, I've, I've one of the things I've always wanted from this series is like a more dynamic sense of taking taking territory and losing territory and re regaining territory. Um, and if that's kind of what they're, they intend to use the open world for, it's kind of a more like action, more like like dynamic and immediate sense of like losing this ground and you got to move your forces up here. And we got to, and then like I can send my forces here, but I'm gonna go personally down here to like push into this. Like Wasn't salient, there a like Samurai the, Warriors game that kind of did that? That had bit. kind of an RTS. I mean, all to the, it? I mean the the Empire's like, yeah, kind of yeah. games tend to sort of try to do that, but that's more of like a like a like a turn based kind of you know top, you know it's more of a Romance of the Three Kingdoms kind of approach. Yeah. Where I, this I'm talking about like more of like an like a big open battle world where you can that's kind of, like living and happening, right? Gotcha. So gotcha. like something like that, like would be or maybe I guess like kind of a. Like almost like the gang bat war in San Andreas. Yeah. You know, where like where like things were happening and you had to decide kind of what to prioritize and like whether that was gonna be a weakness that you could deal with and come back to later, whether you had to get there now. Like that kind of thing would be interesting to me and would kind of revitalize this series, but I don't know what they're after on this. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to it because it's Dynasty Warriors. Well, you don't have to wait much longer. It comes out in like two or three weeks. So. Yeah, well I'm I'm gonna admit that I'll be waiting for the reviews on this one. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'm hoping Koei Tecmo sends me a review code. That's all I'm going to say on that. But it's coming out soon, so those of you who really like Dynasty Warriors, and there are a lot of you, I know that, uh, not long to wait for the next one. And the last game we're going to talk about today is Attack on Titan 2. Mm. Um, did you play the first one? I did. Did you was, enjoy it? Yeah, I liked it. I do like the Attack on Titan anime. Um, at least to a point. There was, there was a I tried to watch it on Netflix. I could not get into it. Well, early on, it's uh, pretty awesome. And then somewhere around episode five or six, it just becomes standard issue anime number 4083. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was disappointing. But um, And also, like, season two took forever. I don't even know if that's... Is it out yet? Did that come out? I haven't I think seen it. I it did. It's just... It was a, it was a big uh, sensation all at once. And then they just dragged their feet on kind of capitalizing on it. But I thought the the first game I played, uh, and I thought it captured the crazy movement and kind of premise of the game really well, uh, way better than I expected it to. Uh, 
so yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it, with more of it. Like it doesn't look all that different. This game is coming out on everything. Yeah, I'm not. Surprised. Last gen, this gen, Switch, Mo, like literally every freaking platform. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't for. know if I need another one of these, but like the first one was good. I thought I thought it captured it well. It's a different game. There's really no other game like this one. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Spider-Man meets Shadow of the Colossus. A yeah, bit. I mean, that's like, a pretty good way to describe it. Like, it's it's cool. It, it's got a it's got a, got, a, got a, kind of a adrenaline kick to it. I liked it. Yep. So that is coming middle of the year, I believe, mm. to pretty much every platform under the sun. In the West or in Japan? It is coming out in the West. Yeah. Yep. So that's it. That is the conclusion of our 2018 video game preview. It took two episodes to get through all of it, mm. which is crazy. Uh, the only thing we didn't really cover is indie games. Uh, maybe we do like a very, very top skim of indie stuff yeah. in next week's episode because I have a feeling we're going to be scrounging for some topics over in the next couple of weeks. It could be. This year is off to a very slow start compared to... Yeah, uh, very little. I was telling you before we went live, I was like, if, if I wasn't on the show, if I was just kind of buying, playing games you know, to play whatever I wanted and what I was interested in, like the first thing, new thing I played this year would probably be Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. And after that, I don't even know. Like it ain't no twenty seventeen. Far Cry, maybe. Like <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not. It, it, yeah. Q one is it's like I said, barren. Monster Hunter World for me, or Dragon Ball Fighters. I'll get. Yeah, I just I but... wouldn't if you know, I'd get to them, but I wouldn't be like day one on those. Yep. Uh, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a it, in comparison to last year, it's a, it's night and day. It is. Um, yeah. It's more like what Q one used to be. I mean, you're, yeah, I know you're right. I mean, but actually, now that we've kind of really previewed the whole year in games, and there will be some surprises here and there, like maybe an Elder Scrolls. Yeah, or something. we still don't know a whole lot about the back half of 2018. We don't. But still, looking at, we just went through a ton of games yeah. in this show, and we went through a ton last time. This year pales in comparison to last year. So far, yeah. Yeah. Like there's, I mean, an Elder Scrolls would help. It would. Um, that would be a make a big difference yeah. yeah but like yeah i mean last year was, was pretty amazing it was singular <laughs> i mean it was sometimes you, you'll get those no too, too it, it's easy sometimes when you're in something not to realize how awesome it is until you move on to something that's not quite as awesome and then you always look back it's like you know thinking about eras of your career or whatever like while you're in them you're like oh this seems kind of cool but we're, i'm working real hard and then you move on to something else and you look back. It's like I always look back at our days at X-Play as like the best days of my career. Wasn't making a ton of money. I just loved going to work every day. But while you're doing it and you're not making a lot of money, hmm. but you're still liking going to work, you're like, man, I would really like to make more money. But mm-hmm. then you go somewhere else, make more money, but you start looking back. You're like, well, I just love going to work and hanging with those people every day. Like, I think that perspective translates across a lot of different things in life. And I think that's what we're going to see with 2017 is mm-hmm. that it was a really, really good year. So, not to say 2018 is not going to be good, but uh, I think 2017 ultimately will go down as one of the greatest years ever in video games. Yeah, I think it's... Um, that's the problem. It's like 2018 is going to be good. Yeah. But 2017 was great. Yeah, yeah. So, really incredible. Game so. release-wise. I'm not, Absolutely. Not, not, every, every other don't, way. <laughs> don't let that go to your head, 2017. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's time for our trailer of the week. Uh, as always, you guys know you want to get your questions into the chat uh, while the trailer runs. And as I mentioned earlier, and I kind of gave it away, uh, the trailer of the week is for a brand new Total War game. It's called Total War Three Kingdoms. Roll it. The Empire. 
divided must unite. A great dynasty burns. And tyrants rule over the ashes. As the light dims, shadows grow ever darker. Ambition corrupts the future. And harmony shatters in the flames of turmoil. Yet from the cinders, the powerful and righteous emerge. must divide and destiny be shaped by its champions. There you have it. The other RTS of Creative Assembly is building. Two RTS at once. Mm -hmm. One we mentioned earlier, Viking era. This obviously set in ancient Japan or China. Mm. You know, Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. You know, it I mean, if, you had, if I would have told you what that was, you could have watched that trailer and thought it was Dynasty Warriors. Well, the art style is very diff different. A little. It's more realistic yeah. than Dynasty Warriors. But it's funny to watch them like try to, you're clearly trying to differentiate these well-known characters from the way they look in yeah. Dynasty Warriors, but you can still tell it's like Lubu and Guan Yu and all those guys. Yeah. Because um, they're historical figures, so they, you know, apparently they wore green <laughs> one way or the other. <laughs> um, but it's cool. I mean, it surprises me it took that long to make that game. It seems like a no-brainer for it really Creative does, yeah. Assembly's wheelhouse. Absolutely. So. Uh, before we get to questions, one I wanted to mention, some of you guys may have joined the stream late. Uh, it is a new month. And every month you have to re-up your subscription to us from Amazon Prime. So make sure you link your account from Amazon Prime to Twitch. And then there's a little button to the top right of the player on our page where you can uh, basically subscribe to us. And we'll get $2.50, I think, for free. You don't have to do anything. Just click that button. And if, uh, if you will bestow us... I mean, clicking that button is doing something. Right. I guess you're right. But uh, you don't have to pay anything. Right. You can give us $2.50 for free, which we really appreciate. So... Um, Another thing I should mention is our Sifted Fantasy Draft. So this next week looks really slow. So I don't know if we'll have a traditional game face next week. We may just end up being our Sifted Fantasy Draft. Mm. Um, and we'll be looking at some rule changes this year. I think we may eliminate like DLC this year. Mm. Standalone DLC. Because I think that's a little murky. And I think it makes it not as legit if you're just picking like DLC packs. Yeah, I don't think I have any on my... Short list this year. So You've already fine. put together a list? Oh, I know. And I'm that's right. why you're the two-time champ. I haven't even thought about it yet. But, uh, yeah, so we'll have probably the draft maybe right after Game Face, or if we don't have enough stuff for Game Face, we'll just do the draft. We usually don't do the draft live. 
We usually pre-record it, I think. Yeah? Yeah. I don't remember. I guess I don't remember. Yeah, I think we... And I don't know if we will next week Oops. or not. We'll see. Um, what else? Oh, so I mentioned during the show that I was on Colin Moriarty's podcast. He has put it up for his patrons. I am not sure uh, when that podcast will go up for everyone, but when it does, we'll curate it to the site. And you guys will be able to hear it. I think it was like an hour and 45 minutes. He said most of his podcasts are always an hour on the dot. And I was like, funny, I show up and yeah. it goes like extra time. Seems to be my MO. So uh, well, you guys will know whenever it goes up. It was a really good discussion. I think you guys will enjoy it a lot. So let's get to some questions here. Um, w. Matthew, Matt, do you still stand by Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite selling more copies than Dragonfall Fighters? Um, MVCI, everyone needs these acronyms. MVCI came out and tanked, but the hype for Dragon Ball Fighters only seems to be increasing. Um, Did we have I a would... bet about that where I said I thought Dragon Ball Fighters would no, sell more? I think you just asked me what oh, I thought. Okay. Um, and I thought the Marvel license would carry it further, but like. I mean, I don't know. I don't remember what what the actually if there were sales numbers on Marvel. There's no guarantees that Fighters is going to sell either. No, I, I mean, mean fighting games. It could are, be great and it could still tank. But I mean, I think the hype for I mean, it's, it kind of depends whether the Dragon Ball fan base comes out for it, right? Yeah. Like, because clearly there's a lot more Dragon Ball fans than there are necessarily hardcore fighting game fans. Um, and if they can get those get people aware of it and embrace it, yeah, I think it has a shot. Because Marvel sold way less than I expected it to. I think everyone would say it sold way less than they thought. I mean, I, I know Capcom definitely feels that way. Yeah, well, at least Capcom knows who to blame. That's true. So. Itself. Uh, from Texture Glitch, what's going on with MechWarrior 5? Good question. Nobody knows. There's another. I mean, I'm, that license is probably gone at this point. But like, where's Mech Assault? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mech Assault. Oh wow, 3. I forgot about that. Remember that Xbox? Yeah. Hit me with a Mech Assault. I totally forgot about that franchise. Yeah. Like completely forgot about it. So did Microsoft, I think. Yeah, apparently. I mean, I'm sure that they don't have a license for BattleTech. Battle. BattleTech? That's BattleTech. Yeah. There's a BattleTech game coming though. Yeah, but like you know, Mech Assault is a very different take on. Oh it's yeah. Not, it's not like you know, it's not like Mech Warrior. Yeah. Um, I wonder where that is. But MechWarrior 5, I don't know. Like, we saw, what was that, like, a couple years ago we saw that. They did an E3 te teaser kind yeah. of thing, and then it's just sort of vanished. Yeah, it's disappeared. I don't know. We haven't got any update on it in quite a while, so your guess is as good as ours. Um, here's one from JReadVix7. What's up, JReed? I watch your favorite game slash gameplay meta that would hold up and still be passable and worth playing after a release in China and the inevitable censorship that it comes with. I don't know if I understand that question. Mm. I think you outthought yourself on that one, Jerry. Maybe re-ask it again and we'll find it lower. Um, Wolfox 10JC, how were the holidays? We actually kind of covered that already on last week's show. We talked about our holidays. Are you one of those people who does not subscribe to Sifted or is not on our Patreon? <gasps> you can't watch the archives? Oh, no. Uh, yeah, actually, we've uh, we slept getting the archive up on YouTube this week from last mm -hmm. week's show. It should be going up in the next day or two. So if you are someone who waits for Game Face to go on YouTube to watch the archives, if you can't catch the stream, it should be up soon. Uh, the Stand user. What is the next game coming out that will make you pick up your Switch again? Good one. <laughs> what were those games we just talked about earlier again? <laughs> I'm trying to remember if there's anything, like, current or new. Uh, well, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is coming out, like, May 4th or 5th, but I would hope I don't have to wait that long to play 
I guess something like, on my Switch. Depends when things come out. Like, I guess maybe World Ends with You. Whether I don't know, if World Ends with You or Mario Tennis is first, one of those probably. That is a really good question, though. Like, what is yeah. the next Switch game that's going to make people play? I mean, that's why I sent my Switch into Nintendo. Because right. I knew, I looked, I was you like, this is a dead zone. I was like, I don't need yeah. it for a while. I'm hoping they turn it around fast, though, still. Because I still want to play more Mario, but... Uh, right, like, I might, I'll pick it up to play something that I already have. Yeah. That's new. Mm. <laughs> it's, that's a ways out. <laughs> Unless it's something I'm forgetting from last, last week. Not really. No. So probably, I, I would say Mario Tennis or The World Ends With You would be uh, probably... Because I ain't playing Dark Souls on it, so... I'm not starting Dark Souls over again. I already started playing the 360 version on my Xbox One. I'm not going through what I made it through already ever again. Man, you it's like you you're like you're like you're like one percent. Oh I know, I know. And I don't want to play the I don't want to play that part again. Definitely not. Um yeah, I don't know if I could give you a good answer. I mean, maybe Tropical Freeze on May 4th. That's nah. like five months away, four I'm not months playing away. That, but uh yeah, I don't know. Did they, there's no release date on like the world ends with you or any of that stuff. Nee. Like, that, I, I, for some reason, I feel like that's like Q one ish. No, that's not. There's no. Let's see what's up with Mario Tennis. Mario Aces. Tennis was like like April or something. Q two. All right. Yeah, I mean Q two looks like. There you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you for Q two, Switch. Yeah, it's the top game of the year. Luckily, Switch has a bunch of good games already that uh, are out there. Um, let's see. Let's find another one. Um, Gohan saying I should get a Threadripper for my PC to help me encode video. I mean, uh, encoding is like we already have like CUDA and everything that mm -hmm. uses our NVIDIA graphics cards. It encodes pretty quick. It's just, it's just a long process. There's not much you can do to speed it up. Uh, Justin Horman. With the suspect of the Wichita swatting case going to trial and facing a maximum 36, maximum 36 months of prison? Do you think that's enough punishment to compel people to stop this atrocious be- <laughs> 36 months is the max that guy for, can get? For, for a false report that got a guy killed? Wow. wow. Well, I think we got your answer there. You can get, like, misdemeanor possession charges that give you more trouble than that. Oh my god. I hope that's wrong. That can't be right. 36 months for getting someone killed? I mean, isn't that at least, like, manslaughter? Well, no, because he didn't shoot him. But, like, it'd be, it'd, it's a different thing. I, mean, I don't know what the charge would be, but it would, he wouldn't be charged with the murder of that guy. He'd be charged with, like, misuse of... And the cops aren't going to get charged with it. Right. <laughs> that's a shame. Of course, yes, that's way, too, that's way too little, man. That guy should be in prison for at least five years. At least... No justice, man. That's insane. It will be a deterrent, but it will not be the deterrent that probably it should be. Um, let's see. Uh, from Tomb Raiders 11, it's nearly a year since Scalebound got canceled. What do you see as a plausible game cancellation that could rock the industry? Thanks, Rai74, for subscribing with Twitch Prime, man. Appreciate it. I could name a ton of them. I mean, I don't even feel like Scalebound rocked the industry. I think, no. I think Scalebound people were like, what the hell? 
It and did. then as time has gone on, it's made less and less sense because Microsoft has no games. They had nothing else to yeah. replace. It's, yeah. not, it's not like, like, oh, we got so many good things coming out. We don't want this mediocre thing crowding yeah. out the schedule. It's like, no, you really probably could have used a mediocre <laughs> action game. You could like, really use it right now. Yeah. Yeah, especially with Xbox One X. Like, it should be able to run it no problem. I mean, like, the equivalent would be, like, if suddenly Crackdown gets canceled. I don't think it would happen, but it would be, like, another example of, like, what are you doing? What's yeah. going on over there? But what about other platforms, not Xbox platforms? Um, like, Bayonetta 3 getting canceled, I think, would be equivalent? Yeah, I mean, God, why would you do that, though? Because like, the last one sold, like, crap. Yeah, but they're already announced. Then you just don't make one, you know, like, but they're already doing it. But I think I'm thinking of an equivalent. Japanese game about the same level of interest from consumers, about the same chance of selling well is each mm-hmm. other. Like, I think that's the probably one comparison I would make. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, in it's terms a tough of, question. In terms of, like rocking the industry, I guess like it would be something like Activision decides to skip a year with Call of Duty or something yeah. like that. You know, like. I can't imagine they would ever want to do. I mean, be- canceling Beyond Good and Evil 2 would cause a lot of screaming. I don't know if that's rocking the industry exactly, but that would be the subject of all the podcasts that week, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, one of our curators, Vincent, is saying that uh, the podcast with Colin is up now. So he's going to curate it <clears throat> and pin it so it's on the top of everyone's sifts if you guys want to watch after Game Face is over. So, yes, Vincent, pin that sucker. Um, the Abram, did you have any reaction to the beep tweet from Cyberpunk? Yeah. Thank God they're starting, it's, yeah, it's coming. Like, some life. They're alive. The Twitter feed's alive again. Yeah, I'll take anything about that game. We did not mention that, by the way, mm-hmm. in any of our preview coverage um, because it doesn't have a publisher. And just the way we structured these shows, it's like it didn't. It, kind of, it probably should have been in the, the scraps. Well, at the end. I mean, it would be a Warner Brothers published game, probably because yeah. they've published the physical copies of uh, the Witcher games, yeah. and uh, otherwise, uh, CD Projekt Red self publishes right digitally. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll see Cyberpunk this year, though. I, I mean, I, I think we'll see it shown at E3 finally. It's something, but I don't think it'll come out till. Who knows? Yeah, it seems still a little too soon, maybe. Yeah. Although they've been working kind of in tandem on that game with The Witcher for a while. Yeah. Well, um, they've had a while after The Witcher you know, DLC finished, and they they created a whole new team to make Gwent. Yeah. So there's been enough time has passed. They, pr- they probably should have something to show at E3, I would think. I hope so. But coming out this year, I don't think so. But yeah, we we're. I was really excited to see their Twitter account come alive. Yeah. Undoubtedly. But Which, I think it was, what, four years since four they years. last tweeted? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's like my Twitter feed. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, never tweet. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. So, Jay Reed Vic rephrased his question. We'll try this again. Uh, what Chinese version of a game would still hold up slash be worth playing even after it inevitably gets changed through censorship to fit Chinese law. Okay, I get it now. Any Nintendo game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't... I still don't really get... I mean, I guess maybe I just don't know Chinese censorship law well enough to know what... I mean, I don't know what that would be. Yeah, what are the hallmarks of censorship in China? Well, I know you can't show skeletons. Is that true? 
Yeah, there's a whole skeleton. There's a skeleton thing. That's like how like I guess Sea of Thieves isn't happening. Yeah, well, that's like how like World of Warcraft had to change the zombie models to not be skeletons or something. Why is that? It's just a cultural taboo. Interesting. It's not. It's not cool to show ancestors skeletons or something. I don't know. It's like how like in Japan, a bunch of animated stuff adds a fifth finger. Uh, to the hands of characters because you know most, most animated characters only have three fingers and a right. thumb. There's some some shows will add the extra finger because that's a cultural taboo in Japan because of the yakuza cutting uh, the right. finger off thing. Right, interesting. Um, so it's, it's just cultural differences uh, in that regard. But in terms of like censorship, I mean, I don't know if it's like a like a green red blood thing or whatever. I don't know. I don't, I'm not familiar enough to know. I think the easy answer is any E-rated game. Yeah, well, also, like, anything that, like... I mean, there's skeleton stuff. There's, like, you know... Like, Mario can be a skeleton in, our, in Mario Odyssey. It's one of the... I mean, you'd probably lose that costume. Maybe. Yeah. You know, you'd probably lose some Day of the Dead stuff in the in the Sand Kingdom. Yeah. But it's, like, you know, it's, like, the Nintendo thing, where it's, like, if it's fun to play with, with just rectangles and blocks, it's fun to play no matter what. So, yeah, Nintendo games would probably be a good answer to that. Uh, Vincent updated, the maximum sentence for the felony ranges from 31 to 136 months. Okay, that sounds a little better. All right, I think that's it. Those are all the questions. Game Face 114 in the books. books. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. I had a good time today. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, next week we'll probably do our fantasy draft. And I honestly don't think that we stream that live. Because there's like some awkward downtime and some mm. pauses here and there. I think we've always just like recorded it. Uh, we'll try to get a game face together for next week, but there's really nothing happen- happening in the industry right now. It's really slow. Um, things will be ramping up mm. though towards the end of the month. There's like three or four big games that are coming up at the end of the month. I mean, you never know what's going to happen between now and then. That's like... true. That's absolutely true. Anything could happen. I mean, we just got that direct out of nowhere yesterday. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely big news could happen, and we could uh, have, have enough content for a Death show. Death Stranding could be canceled. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. like, I think I know that's not going to happen, and not yet, anyway. There's a good answer Give to it that. another 18 months, maybe. There's a good answer to that question. Death that Stranding. Would, that would rock the industry. Oh, man, China would never deal with that. Oh, no, I mean, rocking the industry. Oh, if it were canceled? Oh, God. Way more than Scalebound ever could hope to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, that's it. Um, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Again, we apologize for last week's stream issues. It seems like... The stream rocked out pretty well today. You guys were all in there. We had a lot of people in the chat, lots of questions, which we appreciate very much. So everyone have an excellent weekend. Go Steelers. Game face is up and out.